eat mystery meat. You eat the best mystery meat. Agreed. I don't know about that. You prefer the worst Look, mystery meat? <laughs> ballpark franks are made from beef, chicken, or pork. They're not sure what's in there. <laughs> Depends on which truck came that we're, day. We're 65% certain it's one of those three things. Right. Which is still ahead of the like 10% certain Taco Bell is that their meat is meat. Excellent. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I wonder what is the ratio for Taco Bell meat. It was, I think... I think they got in trouble because I I think the ratio was thirty seventy or something like that. It was less 30 than half. thirty percent meat. Yeah, it was less than half. It was like meat and then soy product or fat, something. fat or soy right. product or something. So it's eighty eight percent beef. It is now. Yeah, and twelve percent of signature recipe. Yeah, signature <laughs> recipe used to be more than fifty percent. Right. I don't care. I don't care what's in it. Signature recipe listed as an ingredient. No, <laughs> not acceptable. That is not okay. Like, uh, like, what if Coca Cola just says signature recipe on it? Would you drink the, it? What's 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 the percentage of actual oh. meat in carne asada? Right. Ugh. Oh yeah, is it real steak? It better be a hundred percent, right? So here's their thing they put out. What are the other ingredients at Taco Bell providing you and your friends with delicious food at great value is our number one priority. Yeah, yeah, your number one priority is making money off the cheapest way possible. Yeah. We also go to delicious great... edible substance. I'd, I'd question calling it food. We also go to great lengths to be open about the ingredients we use and want you to know the truth. Court ordered great lengths. To be... <laughs> <laughs> Due to federal judge's order, we're obligated to inform you. That... That we've made the decision on our own to love our customers and share with you the ingredient list. Our seasoned beef recipe contains 88% premium beef and 12% signature recipe. So, so they're still they're not actually telling you what it is. They just say it's like premium premium beef, by which, which means nothing. And then signature recipe. Are we talking about certified black Angus here? What are these premium no. beef? Yeah, what is premium? It, premium is just a word you can use in marketing. It's right, not yeah. regulated, so you can throw it in front of everything. Right. Well, it's like our premium podcast. That's what I'm saying. We could call this the premium podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know what? Why don't we? Right. So these are, uh, at some point they had a click thing where you could click a question and it would probably do a little pop-up and give you the answer. These are the questions that they had. Okay. About what were the other 12 ingredients was one of them. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's 12 ingredients? No, 12%. 12%. Oh, 12%. 12%, 12%, 12%, 12%. signature recipe. So there could be 100 more ingredients. They're just right. making you know, This podcast is, is 88% stuff and 12% of our premium recipe. <laughs> yeah, premium recipe intros <laughs> we've got. Well, this is episode 40 of the Flix podcast. There we go. (laughs) And for some reason, we're going to talk about Taco Bell first today because it was a really funny topic again when we just started off randomly. We started with hot dogs, but we moved on to Taco Bell, so go ahead. We're just in mystery meat in general. Yeah, we're working on mystery meat. We'll go into spam next. (sighs) Oh, and apparently I've eaten spam, even though I don't know that I have. Yeah, we're not getting into that. Anyway, so (laughs) what are the the 12% ingredients? I'm trying to see if this this site's still up, because this article from uh, HuffPost is quite old. Well, Huffington Post sucks. It's from 2014, actually. I'd say mostly, like... Cardboard and gum fillers, like something to bind all the meat That's together. Well, what, Soy in a binding well, one agent. One of the questions was, do you use oats as filler? Ooh, what's the answer? I can't, you can't no. see it anymore. Oh, that's bullshit. They pulled it, huh? I'm trying to find it real quick. Wow. So whenever yeah, they're going to point Because they time, said no and the answer was really yes, so they had to, they had to redact it. 
All the answers just say redacted. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like the Mueller they claimed, they, like they the claimed Mueller executive report. privilege. Yeah. They cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> that you, there's oats. In. Have you actually seen the report and how, like, everything's just black? I oh, didn't. Yeah. That's usually how they Not do it. Not everything things, is black. A good portion of it was. Why has it got to be black? Because it's classified. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, Pete. It would be funnier if they turned it out in pink highlighter and they're like, oh, we tried to hide all that information, but Oops, they sorry. said the black highlighters were racist, so we had to put out the pink ones. That would be funny, honestly. And they're they're dumb enough to do something like that, too. Oh, I found the nutrition page. Ooh, the nutrition page for Taco Bell. Ooh, ingredient statement. Yes. So, statement? premium beef. Like a court statement? <laughs> Sticking with the premium beef, okay. I'm waiting for it to load. I feel like a lot of this is on purpose. Like they're hiding their ingredient list and they're like making it slow to load on purpose. Mm-hmm. So that you just say whatever and you eat the taco anyways. You have to download twelve different pirate files and assemble them into one coherent file to get the, like the ingredient list. Yep, and it just says redacted. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. So on on their list of items that they have the recipes for and the ingredients, they have ice regular coffee. Rainforest coffee. Rainforest coffee. That's what's in it. I still don't wait, 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 wait a minute. Forest. In the beef? No, in the coffee. Oh. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Rainforest is not an ingredient. Apparently it is. It's, oh, okay. it's a place. <laughs> it's a genre. It's not, it's not even really a genre. It's, you're right. It's a place. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Here is the ingredients for the seasoned beef. Is this the signature... Like recipe? Are we getting that this breakdown? This is the full seasoned beef Ooh. factoid of what's in it. All right. Beef. Premium mm. beef or premium. just beef? It just says beef now. Oh, see, they lied the first time. Okay. It's not well, even well, premium well, beef. Well, that was 2014. Maybe they switched. They downgraded. People, people can change, Pete. I mean, they downgraded at... from premium to beef? <laughs> Apparently so. Because they notice everyone stopped paying attention in 2015. Probably. <laughs> so, like, stop giving me the shade. Give me the asshole, basically. All right. That's pretty much what happened. Uh, water. Well, yeah. Seasoning, water? which includes cellulose, chili pepper, maltroxetin. All right. Salt, oats. Mm-hmm. Ah. Soy. Soy and oats. Lechitin, spices, tomato powder, sugar, onion powder, citric acid, and natural flavors, including smoke flavor. To okay. Torula yeast? Cocoa. Cocoa? Cocoa. Are you looking at it too, Ken? No. <laughs> Cocoa, huh? Well, C-O-C-O-A. C-O-C-O-A? Yeah. Cocoa. Yeah. Uh, Dizium insane and guanolate. Dextrose, lactic acid, modified cornstarch. Score. Salt, sodium phosphate, contains soy and wheat. So, mm. so soy and oats. Yeah, a bunch of preservatives, some actual flavors, and meat. That and, and it used to be less meat. It used to be like below 50%. Right. So most of what you're eating was soy, oats, water, tomato, powder, and yeast. Right. Well, is that a terrible thing? Like, could you do a vegan version of meat? Which I imagine, just for practical reasons, we're all going to have to do because... They sustaining actually, like the meat they made industry. one i say last night yeah. i saw they just made one it's good too i've had it the, those practically impossible burgers or whatever oh, they're called yeah. it's it's all vegan and it's it's quite delicious see 
That seems like a pretty good way to go. Oh, yeah, it's good. Like, it tastes close but to me. Taco Bell could have gone that way no. and said, oh, no, we were actually, we were doing our part for the cause, trying to get down the, you know, greenhouse emissions, the cost of cattle. We we're bringing down the meat content in our in our stuff. You guys just beat our marketing team to it. Yeah, okay. Right. I mean, that'd be the way they spun it. Actually. And then they come out with one with no beef in it. They're like, what? So Taco no Bell does beef? actually have vegan the vegan meat. Oh, do they? Yeah. Because I know like Burger King's moving that way, too. They're, I think they got that meat, too, now. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, is it specific dishes that have the vegan meat? Yeah, you have switching to. Over? No, it's specific dishes. Like, they, you have to ask for it. It's not going to be all of their burgers. They're still going to have burgers, but they have this. It's called Impossible Burger. Right. I ate it at, I've had it probably about, I think, four months ago downtown. And one of the restaurants, Faith actually tried it, and she's like, "This is good." So I tried it, and it was good. Hmm. Yeah, you couldn't. I mean, you could you could kind of tell the difference because we know what beef tastes like, right. but it's really close. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it, I could totally switch to it all the way, but it's expensive right now. Oh, well, it'll come down like everything else. Once they start changing all that, I just remember a, a graphic that I'd seen about the land use in the USA and just how much land is dedicated to cattle for beef and like how much resources goes into that and you're like oh wow that kind of is a problem i mean i love steak i love hamburgers but it was a a huge chunk bigger than any other thing that we do is set aside for cattle like mostly the entire size wise middle of the country i believe it i mean i mean we we do we do eat a lot of beef like, how, we eat beef every day, some of us. Right. Yeah, Jonathan and I had beef. I didn't have beef today, but Jonathan and I had beef Yeah, yesterday. but you guys always have beef. Right. We do. We always have beef. Jonathan Between especially us, always got beef. He's always got beef. <laughs> See, I find it more funny now just to be silent, because then you guys think whatever random thoughts are in your head about me being silent well it's because you look so perplexed like you don't understand where you are you think i spend a lot more time thinking about you than i do well i know you're just thinking about me because you've all looked at me as you were talking about me and having beef with pee (laughs) we had beef today right what were we what were we yelling at each other about today we didn't yell at each other Oh, that's right. You tried. You wanted to save a picture and made your job harder, and I yelled at you for it. Oh, yeah, you were yelling at me. <laughs> I, I was like, to... are you seriously making your job harder because you're trying to save a picture that is a random stock image anyways? Yes. <laughs> I didn't make, actually, it actually worked out better anyways. Yeah, it did. But the worst part is he's like, oh, I need you to write more text for this. So I, I had to I, do more work. Oh, a sentence. You had to write a sentence. Two. <laughs> Oh, oh my god, two? I'm I, had so add, sorry. two? I had to add two sentences. Oh. I'm so sorry, P, that you oh, had to write I'm two so sentences. I'm so spent just thinking I, about that. I had to extend the blurb. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Anyways, what are we talking about today? Right. What's on the docket? Beef, it's what's for dinner. Oh, we already talked about that. Right. Endur- the enduring legacy of... Uh... Of... Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Beef. Oh. For dinner. So you want to know what? Oh, like Sam, is that what Sam Elliott. Okay. So I got this for us to talk about first. You ready? Yeah. Are you gonna play something? I'm gonna play it. Oh no. 
Well, tonight we have a warning about a teen phenomenon that involves, oh. it sounds weird, self-mutilation and suicide. And in a state where the teen suicide rate is already at an all-time high, we think this is a very important report that every parent should see. ABC4's Reed Cowan, now with us, has a special report for parents about the so-called emo culture. Reed, what is emo? Well, Barb, this is something that has come out of the this internet and into music and the lives of Utah teens. Emo is found in books, magazines, even the hit movie Spider-Man 3. Well, parents, there are some dangerous elements to this culture psychologists say you need to know about. And we want to warn some you that some of elements. what you are about to see is created by teens and maybe just a little bit disturbing. Where's your heart? It is sadness. It's rage. This is how many more albums did this band sell because of this? Everybody hide your dashboard confessional. Music, imagery, and fashion. Stop my breathing and slit my throat. We started our investigation into this underground culture of kids who wear black clothing and hair on the internet, where quickly we found thousands of websites defining it. Emo is short for emotional, meaning full right. of feelings. So Where they advertised they just did a Google search on yes, emo. Okay, thanks, but news avoid article. Happiness. happiness is a cardinal sin in the emo culture. There's even <laughs> an internet <laughs> quiz for kids to determine if they, too, are emo. Black like my soul, red like blood. My heart was born broken, it says. But we didn't have to go to the internet to learn about emo culture in oh, Utah. No. Every huh? teenager we asked quickly said, emo is everywhere. Wear black. It's always depressed, sadness, and basically people themselves. Meet moms Liz and Debbie. They have teenagers, oh, no. but when we asked them about emo, they had no idea what it was. And quickly called their kids. What is emo? So emotional, dramatic, they cut themselves. What else did you say? Black clothes. But that's not you, right? Why didn't I know about it before? Why don't parents know more? Emo Debbie, fashion is obvious to the eye. One haircut, in fact, of many shown in this How to Be an Emo book shows a cut called The Gunshot Wound. Counselor Judith Zimmerman says... I think it's hard to define what's a fashion statement. Alright, so this is like one of those scares like... Rock and roll conjures the devil or Dungeons and Dragons in the 70s and 80s. Reefer right. Madness. Reefer Madness. Right. Like, there's an instructional video for cutting yourself that the emo kids are going to the library, checking out this book, like, learning how to be emo. Step by step, how to be emo. <clears throat> if, if, here's the thing, though. If you need to, like, refer to an instructional booklet on how to be you're never really going to be emo. No. Right. Exactly. You're missing the point. So I'm going to play the end of the news clip, okay? So some pretty heavy stuff there. Parent psychologists say knowledge is power here, and getting informed sooner than later could help your teen avoid emo pitfalls like the self-injury you saw or suicidal thoughts or actions. Experts say better to pay attention to your child now than regret it later. And we are told that the kids who cut often hide those cuts under clothing or bracelets. So parents, here's another tip. Experts say those are covers that we all need to look into to make sure our children are not into the cutting. And again, if they are, immediately get help. So really, look under those bracelets. Mm -hmm. Look under. What I remember growing up, this was actually a thing. Well, mm -hmm. this was the thing after we had all graduated and no this start I, our lives no wow. this was going on when i was in high school i mean right. maybe the start of it yeah well i mean we were part of the emo before it was commercial emo well it was goth yeah well yeah they just 
didn't quite have the same haircuts. Like there was always a difference between emo and goth. They all wore black and they were all very sad, but they the, were different the, the, rules. The nails were painted darker. Right. Yeah, there is that. But, but the whole thing, I mean, this is an, an example of the news blowing something up that's nothing, almost like the Tide Pod thing where it only happened to, like, six people, and they made it, like, a worldwide thing. Or, if you look about it, all those people, well, not even all of them, all seven of the people that died in the Dominican Republic on vacation recently out of the 10 million that go there, right. making it a whole big deal. It is a big deal. People it's are- a big deal to the people that got hurt, but, I mean, when you're looking at the odds. The percentages. The percentages, like, seven out of 10 million people. I right. mean. Hmm. And they weren't all in, like, the same place or anything? No, I think, like, four of them were in the same place. Mm. But, again, you're, you're talking about four out of thousands. Well, but still, once you see something like that pop up and the symptoms are the same, you might want to at least take a look at what's going on. But. Right, right. I mean, I agree, but I think they're overstating the acute danger of it all. Does it need to be looked at? Sure. Right. But, I mean, now they're freaking everybody out. Yeah, well, I'd heard it spun as much as, like, there being a serial killer at one of the... Uh, resorts or something. And that's yeah, why people really? kept getting sick like that. Yeah, I mean, so I don't like, know if I heard that from a news article, but I just heard it. You know, like there's just so much not information going around. Non-formation. Yeah. Non-formation. I like that. Non-formation. That's not bad. No, I liked it. You might want to trademark. I that coined one. that. Non-formation. Yep. You heard it here first. That's a good word. It is. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where people are freaking out over nothing. I mean, what's the, what's what is it now? I think it's all those YouTube challenges now. But hmm. but I mean, what's the big freak out about kids now? Besides the fact that they're ruining everything, right? Um, that that is that it. Well, you know, millennials are ruining the serial killer industry as well. That's right, because they don't answer the door. When I, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, they don't answer the door. Or, or I, can you imagine that you just because you how much hurt you're giving out because you don't answer your door so somebody can murder you? I know you're stressing those murders. So weird. Like who's running around knocking on people's doors? I, Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. Do they still do that? I, uh, I don't know. I think it's the Mormons now. Oh really? They've changed. They're now Mormons. No, the Mormons knock on doors now. Oh, they do. Really? Yeah. Do the is Jehovah Witness not a thing anymore? Yeah. Yeah, it's just super unpopular because they don't celebrate anything, ever. Like, who wants to sign up for that? Like, they don't have any major holidays for themselves. No, zero holidays. No, they go, they go out of their way to not celebrate holidays. Right. Oh, that's boring. No, what kind of cold is that? Seriously. Also, don't vote. They don't vote. No. Oh man, it's not a fun cult at all. You're a favorite mm-hmm. people. So. Game of Thrones ended, and then something else started. What was it? Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies? Big Little Lies started. I was excited for it. Big Little Lies or Big Little Liars? Big Little Lies. Oh. You're thinking of Pretty Little Liars. Oh, I'm thinking of Pretty Little... You're right. I'm getting my lies mixed up. Yeah, get your, get your lies you gotta right. Gotta get my lies Jesus, straight. Man. Jeez. Can't you guys ever do anything right? No. Nope. That's why we're here. Yeah, if I live my life right, you think I'd be sitting here with you guys? That's what I'm saying. So what did we do to have to go to church? Yeah, this is very churchy. I didn't go to Mass yesterday. That's what happened. Or on Sunday, that's what happened. Uh... I feel like I'm about to accept God into my life. 
Jesus into my heart. Is that right? Is your Jesus? Uh, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Oh, I'm about to do that because of this right. music. And then like drink a glass of water or something. I think it's wine is or it wine? blood. Is it a blood? It was water. Now it's wine. Oh, Ooh. there you go. Sweet. What vintage? Is it like a Pinot? Because I really don't like whites. No, it's a red. Okay. I prefer I prefer I prefer the whites myself, but it church, is, is, church is not so much. They don't go for that. It's a crisp Zinfandel, <laughs> right? It's a three dollars Chardonnay. <laughs> three dollars Chardonnay. It's a bathtub gin. Mm. Uh oh, we got another one. Oh, church just got serious. Yeah. When church gets serious. Don't. Yeah. They thought they'd get away with their sins. Pastor Little did they know. The priest was watching. The just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. Oh, yes. The music? It sounds very much like all the other dramatic music that you're noticing. No, Chernobyl is on fire. Everything's fine. It's on fire. No, it's not. It's like a bullet, penetrating everything in its path. Metal, concrete, flesh. Now Chernobyl holds over three trillion of these bullets. Nice. So, did you guys watch Chernobyl? I did not. But I I've, did. I've seen clips of it. <laughs> I watched it. Read an article about it. I did watch it. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was well done. Yeah, Ken? Yes, agreed. Very well done. Um, I'll I, watch almost anything with Jared Harris in it, though. And I did know going into it, obviously, that there was going to be things that had to be changed from actual events right right you got to dramatize so i knew that going in that it wasn't all going to be 100 percent true correct and i feel that there's some people who in the world who because it's on tv take it as face value well that's the majority of people like they think it's a documentary yeah it's not a documentary no, but there are I some mean, good ones out there on the top. Yeah, that's pretty good. Danan, what about that article you read? Well, it did mention that the helicopter crash in particular actually happened six months after the thing. But Right. And it was because it hit lines, right, Jonathan? No, so there actually was a helicopter that did uh, crash. It did happen earlier, but the helicopter crash uh, apparently was because it hit some wires, which caused the blades to fall apart off of the helicopter and crash. It wasn't actually because it flew over top of the open reactor. Right. Side but, note, how the hell do you get a pilot's license to fly a helicopter if you can't handle something thing like not seeing wires? Well, to be honest, Ken, they were distracted by the raging radiation inferno that was in front of them. I think that that happens. Still, the guys, the guys got one job. not Don't fly into stuff. I, I agree. I agree. But, you know, you're distracted at that point. Right. Um, so we, we watched Chernobyl with one exception, and we uh, generally liked it. What was your main takeaway, Ken? <laughs> Existential dread. <laughs> yeah, it was totally frightening. Jonathan, what was your takeaway? Like, it's deeply unsettling. Um, <clears throat> my biggest takeaway was the fact of how everybody tries to cover everything up. Was yep. felt like mostly the overall feel of the whole thing. 
not, not necessarily cover up, downplay. I think was the that yeah was, that was would, would so that a, was episode one. Episode one was all downplaying. Like, the majority oh yeah, of it's it not was, that like, bad. Nothing to worry about. This is a minor thing. Yeah, this can't happen. This doesn't exist. And then once they started coming across the whole fact of somebody knew this would happen. Yeah. Right. And because of the state, I did air quotes. Everybody. He did air quote. I seen it. The state. They redacted two pages from this guy's article. That could have averted the situation, yes. Yeah. Just because it can't happen. Yeah. But then it happened. I think, see, I thought that was the scariest thing about this whole Chernobyl was, number one, yeah, Chernobyl nuclear power is scary, but number two was the people denied it and hid it to the point where it was detrimental to every single person that was trying to help out. And all of the it was detrimental to the, all of the people, um, the innocent bystanders. Right in the article, I like um, Sweden had to call Russia and be like, "Hey, we're picking up kind of a lot of radiation. You guys, you guys okay? You guys doing all right over there? Because we're we thought our reactor was having problems, but it turns out it's floating in from Russia. You guys okay? And they're like, "Yeah, everything's cool. Talk nah, to you, homie. No problems." And then like. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and call the authorities on this one, and they're like, "Okay, well, okay, there, there might be a little, might be a little something going on." It's like, or come the, on, people. The thing that bothered me is when we're trying to push the rocks off of the the building. Oh, spoilers! By the way, there's spoilers happening. But when they try to push the graphite off the building, and they bring in that that machine from Germany, and the machine dies because when Russia asked for the machine. They gave them the state number and not the real number. You know, and that, right. that freaks how, me out. How high the radiation was. Of how yeah, high the radiation yeah. Oh, was. it's only three, but the, the meteor only goes to three. That's why the... No, it's like, oh, well, if it's zero, it must be three. Not, you know, that's as high as the well, meter goes. So. Yeah, that wasn't even that. Like, they needed a, they needed a machine that could... I, I forget what the, the measurement was. I'm going to say 30,000 rads or something. And they sent a machine for 2,000 because that's what the state told them it was. Yeah. Which means, and then they had to send people, like live people, up to that roof to push rocks off of it because they couldn't get anything else because the state wouldn't release the number. It's bullshit. So there's real video of that. Event of the happened. guys pushing stuff off the roof, yeah. yeah. Of that, the actual real part of it, mm-hmm. not the show part. Right. But the show did really well with it, too. It, yeah. it was really close. Yeah, I saw a thing where they compared several of the... Uh real footage that they had with the show footage and it was just like pretty crazy yeah it's pretty crazy so, there, so i just sent ken this see, see the wires from the crane right there he's gonna see he just smacked them see they oh, moved. Wow. so he crashed because of that so there is a there is a video on the internets where it shows the hbo version and then the reality footage and they're pretty close side by side yeah, for what happened. For what it's happened. It's just they don't show it in the HBO. The they cause don't show of the it. happening. They don't show the cause of it happening, so you're assumed to, ha- to think it's because of the radiation. But what actually happened was the fact that it was from a crane with wires. Right. You're right. talking about the helicopter that fell. Correct. Not, not, the radiation didn't knock it apart. Because that didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would the plane come apart because right. of radiation? That well, made no it's, sense. It's the same reason why it deteriorates the batteries and deteriorates the the robot you guys were yeah, talking Yeah, but it wouldn't about. break a it wouldn't break a like helicopter blade in half. I mean, it would just stop the helicopter from working. 
Well, yeah, you stopped the helicopter from working, and then the tra- the the motion of the power because the circuitry died causes something to catastrophically fail, making it so that it would just start falling apart. That doesn't make any sense. No, the nuts or bolts still hold it together. The nuts and bolts are solid. They have nothing to do with the computer parts. Well, yeah, they do because the computer is keeping everything in balance. What? No. Yeah, it does. I don't think you're quite grasping the mechanics. If you turn off the power in a helicopter, the blades just keep spinning. They don't explode. Or fall off. Like, if you cut the circuit to a helicopter as you're sitting on the ground with the blades spinning, the blades continue to spin, but just slow down. Yeah. They don't break in half. Yeah, but the helicopter is what he's saying, the helicopter is sitting on the ground at that point. Right. So it's already stabilized by the ground. Right. You cut the power to a helicopter in midair, and what happens? It falls. It also, like, goes crazy. They don't just fall out of the sky. Yeah, I know, but... They start spiraling. But, but and... blades don't break in half. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm, his point is that... It would spiral out of control. There are a variety yeah. of, gravi- of, 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 of gravitational effects that happen to a helicopter when that, when that happens. Right, and I get that. And, the, and, and possibly, possibly the, 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 you know, it's turning a, a one and a half Gs or something. And, you know, that causes some of the deformation because it's not stable. That's what he's saying. On the other hand, he's also wrong. Yeah. <sighs> The radiation did not cause the bolt to break by itself. Thank you. It was a chain of events that started with the circuitry of the helicopter, probably. Yeah, but again, the I whole. Anyways, whatever. This, we can we can argue mechanics of <laughs> helicopters the whole all night, but the statement that the fact that the, I mean that was that was one part of the video that was wrong. Whereas they they showed it as if the radiation took it out, and it wasn't the radiation that took it out. So they kind of dramatized the radiation there. A little. But, overall, I feel like they were pretty accurate from what I have read in that movie. In the actual chain of events that caused the reactor to explode. I love how they um, kind of broke that all down in the last episode. It was yeah. excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, did they actually explain what yep. made the whole yep. thing go? And they did it in such a way that I feel like I learned a lot about nuclear energy because of it. Like, they broke it down perfectly. Yeah, and the... They, they played off the fact that Jared Harris's character was explaining to people who don't know anything about nuclear physics how a nuclear reactor works. Right. And, and the result of which, he's also explaining to all of us. Right. Yeah, and it was well done. And it was, yeah, it was very well done. Huh. Yeah. So if anything, like the last, if you want to know anything about nuclear physics, just watch that last episode if you're not going to watch the rest of it. Because he does a great job of breaking down how it happened. Right. Did they mention that it was like, part of a safety test yes like, but he also mentions why that safety test failed like they'll tell you like all the way through the first couple episodes that the safety test failed but they don't tell you or show you why or even what the safety test meant until you get to the final episode right. and then they break it all down uh-huh. and it's great yeah it's great and hopefully accurate i'm not a nuclear physicist and why was the safety test postponed from its original time frame because of the state. Because the state demanded that everybody meet their productivity quotas. Right. Thanks, communism. Right. That's so weird. So all the people who were trained to do the test went home. Yes, yep. that's exactly what happened. And then the, the, new, the new people the came crew, in and had shift. no idea what they were doing. Most of them that were there working the night shift didn't know there was a test going on. Right. Like how and, does that... You know, the, the engineers in charge with running the reactors at night are like 25 years old, fresh out of college. I mean, they, they don't know anything. They have no experience. Which, again, 
All you're, they come, they come in expecting they're just going to be running a fucking nuclear reactor for eight hours while everybody else sleeps. There's, they were perfectly qualified for that job because there's nothing to do. Right. Right. And the fact of holding it so low power level because they never so they brought the power level down because they were going to run this test and then they told them to no you're not running this test but they never brought the power level back up mm-hmm. so the whole time like a poison was building by xenon in the reactor. So when they tried to bring it lower, it really fucked things up. Because that particular type type of reactor um, was notorious for being unstable at low power output. Oh, so that so they said like step one on running the test: lower the power. They did so that. So the new guys came in. Well, step one, I guess we got to lower the power. That was still no, no. Low. Power's no. already lower. Power's already right. lower. so step one was lowered to sixteen hundred from thirty two. So they left it there. Because what happens, and they explained this in the, in the last episode, is that xenon builds xenon gas is created. But if the power level is high enough, that xenon gra- uh, gas dissipates. It burns away because the heat's too high. But when you drop that level, the xenon gas doesn't burn away, and it stays there, and it poisons the reactor. Yeah. So all they had to do was if, if they probably would have done it right if they said, oh, crap, we're not doing this right now. Bring it back up to 3200 and then bring it back down to sixteen. Right. Because all that whole day while they were waiting to do this test, the xenon levels were building. So when they brought it down again to 700, it just kept dropping. Right. Because of, the, of that and issue. And then there are two things. The, the control rods, which are inserted into the reactor to uh, slow down the nuclear fission reaction, are made of boron. Right. But the reactor the, the inside wall of the reactor itself is made of graphite because graphite accelerates nuclear fission. But for and for some reason, for recent passing understanding, the tips the, of the, the rods, the tips of the of the control rods, are made of graphite, and they're the first things to go into the reactor. Huh? Yeah. So there's a there there was an emergency shutdown button. Do you know why? Why? Because it's cheaper. And they explain that. So there's an emergency uh-huh. shutdown, and this is the information that was redacted, that the graphite was a problem. So there's an emergency shutdown button. So this guy that was writing this test kept dropping it down. He wasn't worried because he knew he could hit this emergency failsafe, and it shoot all the rods back in to immediately cool it and solve the problem. Problem is, the rods were tipped with graphite, and he, they didn't know that was an issue. So when, he, when it brought it down too low, and he's like, oh, shit, we need to hit the emergency button because this shit's not working. It's going to blow up. Hit the button, and it escalated it to explosion levels. Oh, well, it made the... It made the power jumped up to like, like above thirty two hundred. Yeah, it went to like, what is it like thirty thousand? Thirty three thousand. Thirty three thousand. Yeah, so it was wow. it exploded. So what happened was is because of all that happening all at one time, all the fail safes for the reactor to not be stable happened all instantly, and what it did is it caused the water to uh, vaporize instantly that was in the system and expand. And that's what blew the top off of the reactor. And then once that happens and oxygen gets to it... Then it catches fire. Yeah. So it's game over. Wow. And it's literally game over. There's shit you can do. And we're not going to go into what they did, which I, I say everybody should watch this because it's excellent. Um, and I'm going to say right now that if Russia does make one, I will watch it still. Just to see what they did. Yeah, I want to see their take on it. Oh, yeah, because they're... they're The CIA sabotage. The the CIA Mm. sabotage movie. Because this broke it down pretty good, and it made a lot of sense, if it's accurate. Right. Which I haven't seen anybody refute the science. No, I haven't seen any science... That's presented in it. 
Right. And so... I mean, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before Trump or somebody comes out and says it was complete bullshit, but (laughs) I haven't seen any actual legitimate scientist refute the science in the movie. Right. So... Everybody's complaining because, you know, Russians drink vodka and stuff. Right. So what do you guys think of nuclear power now? It's safe. I hope to have one in my town. My, 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 my we have a couple on, in Michigan. My, fi- my feelings on nuclear power are the same they were, as they were before I watched the movie. No. No. Yeah. Jonathan? I'm torn. It's I can see how it definitely can become bad and stuff like that, but at the same time, it has worked a lot for us. Well, With very few minor... Yeah, Three Mile Island. But... My issue is there's there's the human element in this, right? There's the human el- element that can cause... Look at Fukushima. They thought that was safe. Look what happened to Fukushima. I mean, I don't know the science behind Fukushima, but that rates, right up, that rates right up there with Chern- Chernobyl. Yeah, it was a tsunami. It was a tsunami. Yeah, they weren't ready for that shit. No. I mean, what if... What if I mean, we Which, have, we have a couple you, nuclear build, plants. How do you build a nuclear power plant on an island next to the ocean? Because it's got to be by water. Because it's... Well, everything's by water. It's Japan. Good point. There, it's an island country. You build it. You build something next to the ocean because it has to be near water, and you don't allow for the possibility of a fucking tsunami. Right. I mean, we have we you have build it to withstand an earthquake. Well, here's here here's another thing. We have how many in Michigan? I think there's two on Lake Huron. I'm pretty sure there's two. I know there. There used to be one on Lake Michigan in Charlevoix, but that closed down. They closed the Red Rock. They closed that one down. They closed that one down. Um, Or Big Rock. Big Rock. Anyway. um, Yeah, but I think they're in the process of being decommissioned. Right. But what if a tornado hits that shit? Yeah. You know, that's the the problem. What if if somebody, what if a tornado hits the research reactor at Dow? I mean. Right. I mean, and that's why I think the, the price is too great. Because if something escapes and gets out, we can't put it back in again. I mean, how long is Chernobyl sat dormant? I mean, people are going there now because they're crazy, in my opinion. But you know, right? Well, and how, how many people are you going to kill with one malfunction when there's other alternatives to power out there that are cleaner and safer? And I'm not talking about coal. Right. Well, trouble with like wind and solar is the rare elements that are required to run them. Right, right. I mean, I don't know. Hydro? Hydro, that wave power. Like, the moon's still spinning. That's got to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be working pretty well. I just think we can find somehow. What about what about um, fusion? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. What about nuclear fusion? We solve, if, we, if we could just solve cold fusion. Ah, right. right. Yeah, but then... The, Miniaturize it. Even that could go wrong. Put it on the back of my DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't know yet how that can go wrong because we don't know what it is yet. No, well, honestly, even back then, they weren't fully sure what was going to go wrong even then. Yeah, remember, up until this That's point, true. that nuclear reactor couldn't explode. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean that makes sense. But now that we know, right, Well, look at should how we ma- continue doing it? Yeah, but the problem there is this effect of should we continue it? It's not something you can just stop in a day. Right. No, I mean, should we continue to build new ones? But I mean, I oh would, no, I don't. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think so either. I mean, who are, are we building new ones? I'm sure Somebody somewhere is. we are. Yeah. But how can they say it can't explode if the thing that made it explode is water vaporizing? Like, they have to know there's water. There's hot things. 
the water might one day vaporize for some reason. Like they can like work backwards and be like, hmm, how could this thing that is completely plausible ever happen? Well, because I don't know. We just don't want it to. It's like it's almost like uh, climate change. Well, that can't possibly happen. Motherfucker, it's happening. Yeah, we just it ignore it. It'll go away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's what they do, and that's what I feel like our state is doing now. Mm-hmm. Our state has got their heads in the sand, and they're ignoring it, and they're telling us there's no issue. There's a fucking issue. Yeah, have you ever had a spring like this? No. No, there's an issue. There's droughts. There's tornado. Tons more tornadoes. Um, we're getting bombarded with rain. The floods. Uh, in the, the floods. I mean, yeah. How about that article I saw today where Greenland's uh, ice cap Melted 70 years before they thought it would. 70 years early. Glaciers are retreating. One glacier is picking up, is gaining ground, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the glaciers actually has has, has increased. All of the other ones are going down, but that one just completely refutes climate change. So that's the one that they stick to. Is it in, like, like Western Canada? Something like that. I have a feeling, like, the pole is shifting down that way. Maybe Greenland. At the moment. I mean, the poles do shift. Honestly, couldn't tell you. But one of them actually like gained mass. Right. But yeah, all of the, the rest of them are, are melting. Yeah. Right. But there's no problem. No. No. I mean, there's some that will tell you. The Earth you, does this naturally. Yeah. Well, there's some that say that the Earth goes through natural warming and cooling, which, it, which, which is it does. true. It, which it does. Well, that's why we had an ice age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're exacerbating it and making it worse to the point where it can't come back. Right. So if oh. we heat this up, like it, I mean, this is more than natural heating, so it won't come back to normal. That's the issue. The issue is not whether or not the Earth goes through, you know, periods of heating or cooling. It's the fact that we're ultra heating it, and it'll never cool again. That's the issue. Sure, it will. It's just whether or not we can survive it. They just keep t- talking about it in terms of like, oh, this is normal. This is natural. This is the regular mm-hmm. thing. The Earth yeah. is going to do what the Earth does. Thermodynamics yeah, but, is going to do what thermodynamics. Yeah, but does. here's the thing: if if if, if the Earth's heating and cooling cycle is you know raise five degrees, lower five degrees, raise five degrees, lower five degrees, and we're exacerbating, we make that raise five degrees, lower five degrees, raise seven degrees. The Earth's not going to. The Earth can't cool it back itself back off seven degrees. No, because we're it's going adding to five that. degrees, and it's going to be permanently warmer. Right, and then it's and just going to keep, keep getting warmer. Adding to it, and it's going to be, and it's going to raise another seven degrees, and only come down five. Now we're at a net gain of four degrees. Right, and that's the issue that they're talking about. But that's, but nobody wants to acknowledge that. No, the state doesn't want to acknowledge that because, believe it or not, as much as we can do here by like recycling, trying to cut our energy costs, it's a drop in the bucket. It means nothing. Because the biggest polluters are the big industries oh, and but, the government and military. But, but those Hollywood types are showing up to testify in private jets and mm-hmm. trying to talk to me about my carbon footprint. Why should, why should I care what they think? Because, again... Right. Drop in the bucket. Drop in the bucket. I mean, does that mean that we should just quit doing what we're doing? No. But we need the big boys to figure it out. And I feel like they're doing what Russia did in Chernobyl and you're just like pretending it's not going to happen. Yeah, or at least lying, find, making it worse. You find the one guy out of seven hundred who says, "Oh no, it's not really happening," and that's that. That's your that's your expert testimony. Yeah. Deny, deny, deny till you're caught, and then say there was nothing you could have done different anyway. That's right. Lie, 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 and lie some more. When you get caught, lie your way out of it. So that was the scary part for me. But Chernobyl was number one. It was scary because radiation is frightening. Uh, number two, but the big thing was the fact that the state would put the state over its citizens. Like, that easily. And just refuse to believe what's in front of their goddamn face. 
and that's what's happening now. And I feel like kind of that's what's happening with Trump supporters too. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh! Um, speaking of, and I know we don't like to get political here. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't. We but don't like to get political. On John Oliver last weekend, there was a clip of a woman who didn't know there was anything bad about Trump in the Mueller report. Oh, I know. Well, they told us. See this right? clip? It, no, but I'm gonna watch John Oliver later. It oh my God, it, right? it's so amazing. Is it? And it so exonerates amazing. him, right? Like I want to find. It, I want to find it for you guys on the cl- uh, on the break because it's amazing. Yeah. See, I feel like we really would have liked instead of Hillary Clinton, like a John Stewart, um, candidate? Colbert, um, candidacy. A ticket. Like, yeah. Colbert uh, Stewart. That would have been my ticket. Or actually, maybe like, um, or uh, Bill Nye and, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like Let's some get some combination smart of those people four, in there, right? Yeah. Safety glasses off, motherfuckers! Right? Well, smart people. World in is there. on fucking fire. <laughs> There's lots of ways to put it out, but are, are they free? No, of course, nothing's free. So, anyways, Chernobyl. Jonathan has a list of inaccuracies in Chernobyl. Oh, I had a list of the ten most terrifying moments. Oh, I thought you had an. Inaccuracy. Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's go for let's let's do this let's, list. Let this, yeah, yeah, let's 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 leak some even even more spoilers until Dana spoilers feels like until Dana feels like, feels like he's already watched it. Dana needs to Good. watch it anyways because it's excellent. Uh, number ten was the of uh, the most terrifying moments of the Chernobyl HBO miniseries was the Bridge of Death. Uh for those who don't know what the Bridge of Death is, Jonathan, please explain. So at the beginning of the show. Uh, right after the event happened, uh, people were standing on a bridge. Uh, it looks like it's a couple miles away from the reactor, and they can see the the glow that the that was going on from the fire. And uh, what people who were standing there didn't realize was that they were being bombarded with heavy, heavy radiation. And um, everybody who apparently was on the bridge died shortly or somewhat within 10 years at least yeah after the event and they called it the they, they dubbed it the bright the bridge of death yep man was it like the wind was blowing that way or something or how I, does the radiation it, yeah they were downwind of the reactor yeah okay it explains it too yeah yeah jesus <laughs> wow that's kind of it weird gets more and more there. frightening when you watch it yeah well, okay what's right. number nine uh, number nine was the planes? helicopters which we already talked about yeah we talked and about the that. show they show them disintegrating and stuff like that which we accurate. found out is kind of not accurate okay anyway. yeah. number eight is uh uh ulana in the hospital where she's visiting everybody oh geez oh, and how they're all like blistered and stuff like that oh that was horrifying it was horrifying they tell this woman um oh wait no you're you're talking about the scientist the, no, the workers. Well, the lady. There's the, the lady no, scientist. The, the yeah. lady scientist interviewing the workers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you, they just know they're dead, and it looks like the most excruciating thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like it sucks. Yeah. Um, they have it when Boris and the Moon Rover, when he was beating the shit out of his phone, where he that was his breaking point. I loved that scene. That was that scene was great. Right. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite ones. Right, right. it's well, a dramatization. You got to give the actors something to act. Right. Yeah, but it made sense. Number six. Right. Uh, number six was the firemen in the beginning, and how they yeah. were just walking around with all this super duper radioactive material, and you see this one guy pick up a chunk, and the next thing you know, it's not his even hand a is falling off. Later, yeah. His hands just almost gone. 
Oh, see, uh, the, one of the things I read was that the the firefighters kind of knew what was going on. Like they didn't tell them, "Hey, it's super radioactive over there." They kind of thought they were going to a regular fire. Um, but if they'd really, if they'd followed all the regulations, they wouldn't have gone at all. Yeah, no, they but, went and they all died. But I think. they all, yeah. But it's like that, you know. There's a problem. They're the guys who are going to go fix it, so they went and fixed it. Yeah. They didn't fix nothing. <laughs> right. Well, they tried. No, so it fixed them. It fixed them. Yeah. Uh, number five was uh, uh, Shutskinov on when he went to the roof. Oh, and he turned around and his face was red. Yep. Yeah. Wait till you see that scene. Yeah. Uh. He. They. It was the guy. They. Uh, basically, the people who were in charge forced to go verify. And he already yeah. is telling them, like, motherfuckers, it exploded. And they're like, no, you need to go look. We're sending this card with you. And he's like, fucking okay. Yeah, he didn't live. Yep. He died. Uh, mm-hmm. When the lady uh, went and visited her fire uh, firefighter husband. Yeah. The, the, oh, Jesus, that woman was stupid. Stupid. Just, I mean, everybody told her, you can't touch him. You can't. You shouldn't be in there for I, longer than 30 I seconds. I want. First thing she does is hug the guy. Yep. And you're like, you fucking idiot. And does she die? Uh, she no, but no, her baby was, does. Yeah, the baby oh. absorbed all the radiation that she was exposed to. Yeah, she did end, like end up having children later on, though. Yes. Wow. Um, just Dilatolov in general. Oh, that guy. Dilatolov, yeah, yeah, he was a dickbag. He was. I wonder how accurate that is. I mean, read something that said he was kind of a jerk, but also a professional. He was a professional, but yeah, it was just the way the way everybody he he was portrayed the way everybody everybody. Who all the witnesses perceived him to so be. So he was a, a dick bag. He was a dick bag. Right. Uh, the scene of them draining the basement, because it actually spanned two episodes. It was at the end of the Where one. they lost their, their power? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that the, was. The radiation destroyed the batteries. Yeah, as it destroys batteries, yeah. And other metals. Just batteries. <laughs> which are made of metal. Just batteries. Right. And all the batteries fell apart in the... The flashlights didn't fall apart. They just stopped working. Yeah. Anyways, number well, the, one. The mechanical one, the one that they had to keep squeezing. Yeah, the, the mechanical one worked. That one still worked. Yeah. It's almost like the rotors in it held together. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Uh, the clearing the roof scene. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the guy gets his foot caught, and it's like, oh, I'm dead. Yeah, and he he like knew it too, so he'll stop it around. The guy said, "You need to go." Okay, so do you think that he was more worried about dying from exposure, or the fact that he was out there too long and they were going to kill him for like because they knew he was infected? I feel like that might be. I feel like I'd be more concerned that that, that you know the KGB was going to murder me because I didn't come back in time. Right. I feel like that oh. might be it. Been it. Just got attacked by a bug. I feel like that might have been it. Yeah. So when we come back, I got two more things for us to go over. For Chernobyl? Yep. Um, I have another list we can go through real quick, which is the fact versus fiction. Okay, that's the one I was talking. I was talking about. Yep. And then uh, actually I have three, and then we have the dogs of Chernobyl, which was an important. Thing oh, that scene. <laughs> scene that happened in the show, and then also, what happened in the U.S. that was very similar to what happened with Chernobyl. Peter already mentioned it through Island. That's that's uh, no, not what he's talking not about. It. It's not. That oh no, one. you're talking about the bombs in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Are you going to show us something, Ken? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Let's do it. Do it. We should do it. You think we should do it yet? We've already been doing it. 
we are doing it. So one of the saddest scenes, and my girlfriend had, she had to leave the room, was when they started going door to door to kill the, the animals. Ah, fuck you. And then they had to bury them in concrete. Yeah, they had to bury everything in concrete. Everything. Yeah, the firefighters got buried in lead-lined coffins. And then yeah, they did. In concrete. What what was it? Their their firemen uniforms are still irradiated to this day in the hospital. Yes. <sighs> wow. Yeah, you don't fuck with radiation, man. You don't mess with it. Especially not the levels we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, unchecked is pretty stupid to put that much of radioactive material in one spot. Well, and do you think those lead lead things they cover their balls with? Do you think that uh, mattered at all? <laughs> Not no. a bit. I, I think that was just like for their mental right. health. Here's oh, your... it was totally just for their their mental well being. Good grief! Like here's a mental here's a here's a napkin. It's gonna it's a special napkin. It's magic. It's gonna protect you from the radiation. Yeah. Hey, yeah. guess what? It comes at you from all directions. It's right. Not just like you know. Oh. It's unidirectional radiation. It's just gonna it's gonna bounce off this lead diaper I'm wearing. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a lead diaper. No, if it like was a, a lead jo- diaper, like it might actually work. Like a lead jock strap. It was a lead jock. Mm. It was called a uh, egg basket. And <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah egg basket. Yep. Make sure you keep your dick pointed at the reactor at all times. <laughs> right. Yep. Walk out dick first. There's our dick joke of the week. There it is, folks, everybody. Yay. For those of you tuning in, you can, you can, you can stop listening now. We've, we've covered the dick jokes. It's all down here from, downhill from here, folks. So what did you think of the fact that they had to destroy pretty much everything? Everything. But they left the building standing. I, that was what really surprised you me. Couldn't take the build, you couldn't tear the building down. No, they just evacuated the people. No, I'm talking about the, not the building of the reactor, the apartment buildings and all those other buildings were well standing. the reason why they were getting rid of the animals is that animals move to other places they can spread that radiation buildings don't move unless there's an earthquake or something but they they generally stay yeah. where they're at plus in, in order to demolish them you're going to have to bring in other people exposing them to the radiation right and then you're going to create clouds of radioactive dust demolishing all the buildings right it just gets worse what do you guys what was your guys' take on the miners which we could, uh, just, just there were way too many cause... dicks. <laughs> hey, there's dick joke number two. Well, not joke. But, yeah. Um, I mean, they were hot, man. I'm about five seconds away from getting down my skims right now. Well, we know Pete liked them, and then he just called them hot. <laughs> yeah. No. They were hot. Yeah. Like, it was... They were stirring hot. They yeah. were I, They I, were steamy. <laughs> Okay, maybe, maybe, I'm not helping maybe myself. He does think they were hot. I, I, not, I, I got nothing now. I got, I'm not I, helping myself. I can't defend him at all. Any way, shape, or form here. Wow. All I can say is it was steamy in them tunnels. Oh, man. Let's play swords. You want to play swords? <laughs> they played swords. But but what's funny? I guess I guess that's no, not funny. But they didn't actually need them. They just thought they did. The miners. Right. Wow. So the death toll number goes from anywhere from 4,000 to 93,000 people died because of this event. Right. The Soviet Union at the time said 31. They still say 31. Well, the Soviet Union is no longer, but yes. Right. Yeah. Because 
I'm, my guess is they know for sure that 4,000 people died, but it could be in the future up to 93. Yeah, the thing is, the Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. No. But Russia is still protecting the Soviet Union's... Legacy? Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. As though it were their life's goal. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, Russia really was the Soviet Union. They just lost a bunch of states. <coughs> Their well, Russia itself apart. isn't really a con- isn't actually a country. It's a confederation of republics. But there's nothing wrong with coming out and saying, "Hey, the the, the Ruskies, the uh, you know the uh, the communists, they, the they, former Soviet Union." Yeah, they screwed some stuff up. Yeah, don't they? They're hiding it. They want, right. to, they want to keep it the way it is. Putin being former KGB. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the dog scene was tough. Yeah, that was that was a rough one for me, too. Actually, Kirby came into, like, came down and I was watching it, and, like, that's the first thing she saw of that show, of that whole miniseries. Yeah, and then she didn't the watch dogs, the rest of it? She's like, what the, what the hell's going on? It's, it's, it's alarming. So what's the worst... I mean, we talked briefly, we mentioned Three Mile Island as being a hazard that happened with the United States. Right. But what about the time where we dropped nuclear bombs on ourselves? You mean North Carolina? It was in North Carolina. January 1961, a U.S. Air Force bomber broke in half while flying over eastern North Carolina. From the belly of the B-52, two bombs, two nuclear bombs, hit the ground near the city of Goldsboro. Now, the only reason, apparently, that they didn't go off was because of a faulty switch. Was it made in the USA? I don't know if that was part of the, the declassification. So this came to light in 2013. Yeah, they declassify that information. Right. So how crazy would it have been? Well, it would have changed the perception of a lot of things. Do you think, what would the government have done? Would we have covered it up and said it was somebody else? I don't know if we could have. What year was it again? 1961. 61. Uh, All-out nuclear war with Soviet Union? Probably. Oh, that was during, almost during the Cold War, wasn't it? It was kind of... Yeah, that was if that was Kennedy. Went off on American soil. There is a pretty fair chance, at least one or two would have gone off somewhere else, or we would have tested just how willing people were to take the first hit and not start World War Three. Yeah, that's a good point. World War Three probably would have. Would we would have, have blamed it on Russia. Absolutely. I mean, even and probably the same way as Chernobyl, we would have blamed it on Russia just to save face. Right. And started World War Three just so some asshole didn't get fired. Yeah, I feel like it's you know when you're you're a kid and like you're kicking a ball around the house and you hit the base and you can't get there in time so you go oh no and you, you freak out and then it doesn't break you're like oh I feel like somebody did that oh gosh yeah <laughs> in an office somewhere it had to be like one heart attack death related to that bomb dropping of someone just being like yeah <laughs> yep the plane's going down ah, my arm. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. You know, they, that probably would have started World War Three, right there. It would have been real hard to, to, to back off of that, unless unless we 
right off the bat we're like we did this this is our problem this is our fault this was unintentional like but who would do that in 1961 do you think the government today would do that no no kennedy they would, would you think kennedy would have done it kennedy would have done that he wouldn't have let it happen i would hope so he wouldn't have let us go to world war one today they would have been like oh thank god we Johnson, were trying so hard to figure out some nixon, way to start this johnson nixon johnson nixon ford reagan bush Clinton, Bush, Trump would have done it. Maybe Obama would have done it. Would have blamed it on somebody else. But Kennedy wouldn't have done. It. Kennedy wouldn't have done it. He 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 owned up for the Bay of Pigs. He did own up for the Bay of Pigs. He was very open about the whole Cuban Missile Crisis. I feel like he would have been like, "Oh, we screwed this up." Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it would have ended up being that bad. No. During a, during a Kennedy administration. Of course, I can't back that up. You don't think so? Right. I, I don't. hope not. Yeah. So I'm going to read this to you, okay? All right, what are you going to read to us? This The report of how, like, how close this was. All right. The B-52 was flying over North Carolina on January 24, 1961, where it suffered a failure of the right wing. As the plane broke apart, the two bombs plummeted towards the ground. The parachute opened on one, and it didn't on the other. The impact of the aircraft uh, breakup uh, initialized the fusing sequence for both bombs. Jesus. So they were ready to go. Right. In other words, both weapons became alarmingly close to detonating. Weapon 1, the bomb whose parachute opened, landed intact. Fortunately, the safety safety pins that provided power from the generator to the weapon had been yanked, preventing it from going off. All right. Somebody got smart. Weapon 2, the second bomb with the unopened parachute, landed in a free fall. The impact of the crash put it in the armed setting. Fortunately, once again, it damaged another part of the bomb, needing to initiate an explosion. So they weren't all the way armed. And somebody got smart, and as the plane crash going down, pulled the pin on one of them. Right, or is there like know. a mechanism the, it that wasn't the, pulls the somebody pin. pulled the pin? They couldn't get to it. It was in the belly of the of the bomber. Yeah, I would hope there's got to be there like a whole. There's nobody there to do it. Hmm. Procedure to getting that thing operational. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, there's well, at the very least, there is now. <laughs> God, I hope so. The Defense Department has disclosed 32 accidents involving nuclear weapons between 1950 and 1980. Wow. So it's been close a couple of times. Oh. I mean, what the hell? You got a bomb. Like, 99 red balloons, dude. Right? That's all it is. And that's how World War III is going to start someday. Yeah. Either a lie or a mistake. And I think World War III at this point is going to be fought over water. You think water is going to do it? Mm-hmm. It's possible. Oh, we're at Michigan. Well, I have a plan. <laughs> we're at that, ground like, zero for that shit, man. Well, see if we can get Michigan, Ohio. You're welcome, Ohio. You shouldn't be in this, but still. Wisconsin, Ontario, maybe Pennsylvania, um, and form our own like country. Illinois. Lock down the lakes. Lock them Control down. Control the water flow. Be like oil rich as the, the climate collapses. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be bad, isn't it? It's going to be real bad. Real bad. Real bad. Hooray, Great Lakes. I don't think there's going to be enough of us left to form a country. 
Might not be. We only need two. Two people? Yeah. To form a country? Technically. Well, who's going to be Secretary of State if you've got a president and a vice president? Exactly. You need three. You, you need a Secretary of State. You need a Treasurer. You don't need a Secretary of State if there's no other countries to, to uh, involve yourself in diplomacy with. Right. And, oh. if you, and if you're poor and got no money, you don't need a Treasurer. What about Secretary of Defense? You can't enforce. <laughs> That's what these are for. What are you defending? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's not enough people left to actually like run a country. Or enforce border security. We can't even enforce border security now if you listen to the conservatives. You know what we need to do to do that? Build a wall. We're going to build a wall. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to build a wall. We can't even keep carp out of the fucking lake. How are we going to keep people (laughs) out? We haven't figured out how to get the zebra mussels out yet. My favorite thing is always the argument for the wall is the uh, people with fences. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same thing. Have you ever seen a coyote in your backyard? Your fenced backyard, and they're like, yeah. You just look at him and smile. You don't say anything. You just wait to see if it ever clicks. It won't. It doesn't. Sometimes it does. And that coyote is escorting Mexicans <laughs> across the desert. <laughs> they're riding him like burros? That's right. <laughs> no, that's what they call the smugglers, coyotes. Oh, that's right. All right, Jonathan, you said you have another list for us. I don't. I lied. <laughs> well, God damn it. Why do you lie so much? He's the state, man. Yeah, tell us about how China isn't harvesting organs from de- from detainees. China's not harvesting organs from people in jail. That's the that that is the state. <laughs> that is the state. You're right. Well, it's because of all the dodgeball incidents. <laughs> because dodgeball is apparently barbaric and needs to end. It's dehumanizing, apparently. Well, only when the teams are so unfair. Right. P has a really funny dodgeball story. It's not that funny. You were cracking your ass off yesterday. Well, because I, I witnessed it, so I can see it in my mind's eye. You guys won't see it. The great dodgeball incident of 1987, 88, 89, whatever. Okay, well, now you got to tell the story. <laughs> it wasn't really a great dodgeball. I was just, like, dramatizing it. Oh. So so we're, we're old enough to where we played dodgeball in school. Mm-hmm. And we got to use the rubber balls that left marks on your face, right? Right. And basically, when we were young, um, we would play dodgeball, and the teachers would kind of just leave the room and just kind of let you guys go at it. Because you knew the fucking rules, right? If you got hit, you had to sit your ass out, right? Right. So when we were kids, the teams were relatively fair because there was alternate choosing, right? Right. You pick, then you pick, then you pick, then you pick. And that's why people... When you watch all these teen movies, you're like, well, I was pick last in gym class, you know, because you alternate. And then the, the last two you got are the, the two worst people, right? But it's fair because we have one worst person and the other worst person on both, on separate teams. Anyways, so it's relatively fair. I had a friend. I mean, I was one of the uh, the kind of more um, jockey kids, you know. You were a jockey? I was I wore genuine jockeys. He was very small. Sweet. But but I was more I was small, but I was more some of the more athletic kids. And um my friend was not athletic whatsoever. Like the guy had trouble running, yeah. right? It was one of these kids. <clears throat> so at the gym that uh, that I played at Holy Rosary, mm. the gym was so small, like the out of bounds line in the basketball court was literally probably 2 feet away from a cement wall. Right. 
Okay, which is why we had to play all our basketball games away. We didn't have a home court. <clears throat> so, obviously, the basketball line is the out-of-bounds line. That's where kids would wait when they get pegged. And we did say pegged when we were kids. Of course. So, you know, some of the rules of dodgeball is you catch the ball and the other person throwing this out. So, this kid, my friend, um, he, he wanted to do something heroic. And, and he was going to go catch this ball that a kid missed through. And it was heading towards the cement wall. So, he's booking it towards the wall. And he reaches his hands out, and then the ball's about to hit the wall. He reaches his hands out, but he doesn't quite get there. So what happens is the ball deflects off the wall and into his face at least three times. <laughs> it was like he's running, and he took a square of the nose, whack, 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 off the cement wall like three times. And I was laughing so hard as a kid that I got nailed because right. I was laughing too hard. But my God, and, and to this day, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it's so funny that I wish a video existed of it. Right. I'll have to make a recreation of it somehow. Oh, it, it should be in a movie. I say, why don't we just put it in one of our movies? We, we will. They wouldn't believe it. Well, if they listen to this podcast, they will, because that's a true fucking story. And it was hilarious. Mm. It needs to be seen. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Because I can see it in my head, and it's so funny. Right. Hilarious. I was just telling my kids one of those stories where I fell down the stairs, though. It wasn't a sports story, but with a bowl of ice cream, right? And so I'm, you know, seven years old, going downstairs to the basement to watch TV or whatever, got my little ice cream, and totally, just for whatever reason, fall. Just oh, yeah. face happens. first happens. down the stairs. And in that whole thing, just on my stomach, sliding down the stairs, bouncity bounce, bounce, bounce. I'm looking over as I'm tumbling out of control. And I see a bowl of ice cream. There's this beautiful snapshot in my memory of this bowl of ice cream just passing me like a car on the freeway. Just in the fast lane, just just drifting right in front of me. I get to the bottom of the stairs, and it's like a, a normal glass bowl. It should have been shattered. There should have been ice cream everywhere. I'm crumpled at the bottom of the stairs. Bowl sitting right there. Perfect. Picked it up. Wiped off my tears and ate the damn bowl of ice cream that just fl- just be. I don't even know how. It's like a whole 20 stairs. Like, it's like I fell down all of the goddamn stairs, and there's this beautiful picture in my head of it just, just shoots right like by me. Like being held by the hand of God. Something. Oh my God. I, I, at, even at the time, I was like, you guys can't. I don't even know how to say this to you. Like, like my ice cream, it's still, it's still right there. So yeah, so I I grew up in a farmhouse and we had a stairs about twenty twenty stairs a flight of twenty stairs but they were wooden. Oh yeah. And I had uh, a stupid friend and one day we we happened to have a cardboard box and he was going to go down this cardboard box down the stairs like it was a car. <laughs> and Rob's like, "Don't do it, dude. You're going to hurt yourself." He's like, "No, no, I got this." I'm like, "Okay, you better keep that front end up." <laughs> yep. so, so what happens? He's like, "Okay, give me a push." Sure. So <laughs> I give him a push. Fucker doesn't keep doesn't get past the first goddamn step no. yeah. because the, the the front end goes down. He didn't keep it up. That fucker hit that front maybe the second step. Hit the second step just, and just flipped and flipped all the way down the wood stairs. The second step. And the sixth step and the ninth step. Yeah, it flipped. And the twelfth step. Yeah, flipped all the way. Progression. Yeah, yeah. All the way down the stairs. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh my god. And I try not to laugh because this guy could have died. 
in, but I was a kid. Right, so of course he, you laughed. And of course it was a ninety degree turn to the to the Oh yeah, there's like to that the dining room. And you got a kind of like us maybe a four foot platform. So he hits and then smacks the wall, looks up at me for a second like it takes like like you can see his head wobbling right like you know this kid has a concussion but back then we didn't know what a concussion was so we just went about our day but he looked up and with blood streaming out his nose says did i make it <laughs> i remember that too and it's hilarious did and you say yeah so buddy. he didn't even know if he made you it made or not it. he didn't even know and of course me being a kid i'm only eight years old he's probably nine didn't know that he could have had a concussion because nobody knows that exists at that point. Right. I just thought it was funny because he lived. I think yeah. he went home after that. But I don't remember. That's, I would hope so. That's the one thing I really enjoy about the YouTube fail videos is the ability to illustrate to my children, like, hey, there are some things that if you know even a little bit about physics are fairly obvious and you can keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. Like, see... On this video, right right there, that's where he made a terrible mistake, and it was very clear to everybody that was going to fail miserably. Oh, oh yeah, that? everybody knows. You want to you want to build a bike ramp out of a piece of plywood and a in a cinder block? Let me show you why that's not going to work. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. See how that board is? But not everybody supported? knows who did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. I know. Actually, I don't know. I said you don't know. <laughs> oh man. So earlier today, me and Pete were uh, at break, and we were talking about what's the stupidest thing you did as a kid. Oh yeah, that's right. We Ooh. did have that conversation, didn't we? We built several ramps, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I built my ramp, a couple of ramps. Yeah, I built ramps. I remember one time. Uh, you remember your cousin's house? Yeah. And you remember the ditch that went around this house? Right. So we used to go, and and there was the. Did a ditch around his house? It was a moat. Like a moat. Uh, his house had a moat on one side. My emo- house had a moat on two sides. He had a double moat. Double moat. Yep. So, anyways, so then there was the, there's the aqueduct tunnel that went underneath the road right there to connect to the ditch on the other side of. Even a culvert. Culvert. Sorry. Yeah. So, anyways, so we actually used to go down and play inside the culvert. Of course, you did. Right. Yep. And <laughs> we match. used to watch giant raccoons come in and out of it. And we'd try to go get them. Because <laughs> they weren't okay, carrying rabies. That's legitimately stupid. Like, as a kid, I would not have done that. And we used to play in the... There used to be a tunnel under Carpenter Road that we used to hang out in, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, the river went through there and it wasn't that deep. But if a raccoon in there, I wouldn't have walked in after it. Right. That was a fight you were going to lose for sure. You were going to lose that motherfucking fight. You were going to get your ass beat. <laughs> they never chased us. Huh. You're lucky. Right. Because I knew you were a punk bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, kid, that dude's a punk bitch. So is that the dumbest thing you did as a kid? Because that's not that stupid. Playing in a ditch? Oh, everybody like 20, played in a ditch. It was like right? 20 feet deep. Everybody did that, dude. If that's there was a, a body of water yeah, that you ravine. could swim in, yeah. you swam in. Oh, you couldn't yeah. swim in this. You said 20 feet deep. No, the... It was dug out 20 oh, feet. Oh, oh. So you oh. had a super fun hill to play on? Yeah. Oh, saying? yeah. During wear time, it was the best sledding hill ever. Damn straight. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, we used to go back. We, we used to go over to Ryan's yard to get back to the woods, so we would be on the back side of it, so we, we would sled down, and we would go towards the culvert. Yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> so, Danon, what's the dumbest thing you did as a kid? 
Um, depends on whether or not it would be like some sort of like when we build the ramps and we uh, would rollerblade and jump things or just jump random things. It's all pretty That's stupid. It? Um, it's not that stupid because everybody's done that. Ken's done right. that. Did you do that, um, Ken? Did you build nope. ramps and jump off of them? No. Nope. Oh, you never built a ramp? Nope. Oh, you're missing out. No, nope. watch yeah. my friends do it, laugh my ass off when they hit their, head, when they hit right. their heads on the ground. Well, you knew it was going to happen, yeah. Yeah, we built a big one, and my brother jumped a car. And, did he really? And nearly died. Because he, he did not... Uh, no, almost he almost didn't land it. He didn't account for the landing that he would have right. to do? He barely got his feet underneath him before he bounced his head off the ground. What um, was he on? Was he on rollerblades or what? Yeah, rollerblades. That was the last time he rollerbladed like ever. <laughs> what kind of car was it? Uh, Buick. Oh, that's a decent jump, it Micah. A, yeah, it was a big car. It wasn't like the long way, but, you know, for a homemade ramp. That's pretty good. That's pretty on some good. unprofessional rollerblades. Yeah. Um, Ken, dumbest thing you've ever done as a kid? Uh, probably my brief career as a bridge builder. You, you built a bridge? I, I tried to. Oh, and it did. I was it, preparing to. And it failed miserably? Um, so there used to be this, uh, drainage ditch, <clears throat> right? It's about 14, like a like 14, 20 foot ravine. And, uh, we decided we we're going to build a bridge over it because, you know, we're all seven year old geniuses. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that. And, uh, so in order to, uh, you know, we got to go, we got to get to their side. I, like I could, you know, I'll start from one side, you start from the other. And, uh, to, uh, to, to accomplish a, Getting to the other side, I'm just gonna swing over there, on this uh, on this length of, of uh, nylon uh, <laughs> tubed cotton thread or wrapped right. uh, clothesline right. clothesline yeah. that you buy from the uh, whatever from the, from whatever's the, available from at the hand. discount store because it's rope you know all ropes the same. I'm just gonna swing over there. Like fucking Tarzan. Yeah, like you're gonna swing, swing over like, Tarzan it right over this Tarzan ravine. over. Yeah, yeah, 15, 20 feet across this ravine. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. You, that, that did, did you not chicken work. out or? Did no, you no, no. Make... I got about halfway before the line broke. Yeah, I thought that was works. gonna happen. Because yeah. obviously, you know, we also we, we threw it over this most secure branch that ever existed. I mean, the thing was practically uh, made of steel, right? So there's no chance of it swaying or anything like that, or, or yeah. you know, just, it, it, we, it was solid. It was a solid plan. <laughs> like most children's plans are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the story of how Ken broke his arm. Who broke his arm? That's me. I broke my arm. That's where you broke your arm. I broke my arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I've never broken a bone. Neither so have I. I've never, never broken done a bone. anything too We're... stupid. Yeah, I've never done anything too stupid. Or at least, at least not anything too dangerous. I'm sure I've done very stupid things that are just across All the board that. stupid. My friends and I said we were going to go wading in the Shiawassee River one time, and I took my shoes off and my shoes you lost and socks them, off. You? And, Stuck my foot down in the water and right into a piece of glass that was sticking up out of the riverbed. Oh, wow. Yep, right, in, right, in the, right, in, right into the crease of my toe. Nice. Yep. I jumped on a, I jumped out a metal stitches. rake once. It went through oh. my foot. That was pretty sweet. But that wasn't stupid. That was just that was a hand unlucky. Just happen chance there. Yeah, it was I had a, uh, I had a, a layer of skin fleet off the back of my leg one time. Still have the scar. Score. Yeah, I was coming down uh, like one of those old metal play sets, you know, <sighs> down the slide, oh, and God. like the, apparently they'd replaced that. Pl- they replaced another play set that was like that one, but the other one had just like kind of rusted out and it was anchored into the ground. So they, rather than like pull it out of the ground, they just like cut it off to get rid of it. What? And so I came down, I came off the slide and slid right across the old, the old 
the old post. The, the, the old post. What and it kind just of lunatic? Shaved a yeah, just it shaved a sliver of skin right off the back of my leg. They didn't care much about safety back then. But like like our playgrounds were like not even gravel. Like now they have wood chips. They weren't even or rubber chips. They're not even gravel. They were like large sharp stones. Who leaves a rusty metal pipe in the ground? Oh, like, a lot of people. What kind of well, psycho? Well, it was really, really close to the other, to the new one. So, you know, the chances of you actually, like, you'd have to be, like, aiming for it or something, apparently. Right. Except, you know, just just, just going down and slide. Don't mind me. Goodness. I was I was jumping on a mattress in a junkyard once and did a back flop, and a spring came through and stabbed me in my arm. I still have the scar for that right through here. Right. That was sexy. You're jumping a... on a mattress in a junkyard. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, playing. Did you live there for a brief time in the eighties? What, are... <laughs> no, what were you doing in the junkyard? No, there was like, uh, if you go through the woods that was behind my house for like a mile, mile and a half, you come upon this junkyard out of the blue. <laughs> we used to find all kinds of cool stuff that we used to build things with there. Wow. And mattresses. Mattress. Yeah. Mattress. <laughs> Apparently, you found mattresses. Uh, I got another one. Ken brought up the. Playscape, basically, my cousin's house. Um, I didn't help him dig the pit, but I helped play in the pit. So he had a big sandbox, right? Right. And all there was like probably four or five of us right around our age. So we all got shovels and we took all the sand and dug it all. And then we got the clay, and then we kept digging. We probably got about twelve feet down. And it's at the end of a slide. <laughs> what was your plan? Were you going to fill it with water? I don't know what the initial plan was. I have no idea. But let me just say a couple of us went down the slide and into this very deep pit. That's stupid. That is stupid. Why? That was that should have been your opening with stupid things. <laughs> dug a really deep pit and then slid into it. I dug a 12-foot pit and then slid unstoppable into it at... Breakneck uh, speeds. Right. I don't think it was breakneck speeds. Whatever. My dad, my dad made got breakneck speeds out of a slide once. Yeah. Yeah, he actually has a playground slide in his backyard, and one year for like Fourth of July when all the kids are over, he criscoed it. <laughs> He'll never do that again. Like there were so many kids that got hurt. <laughs> like seriously, like I had to go down and I could barely control myself, and I was an adult, and you're flying down this sucker. I mean, it had to be breakneck speeds because you're flying off the end of that. You're going like five feet in the air. Wow. You're going so fast. He had to like stop everybody getting at it and try to rub off all the Crisco. Like he thought that would be a good idea. Oh, so he should have finished it off with a slip and slide where you just go onto the slide. Anyways, that was hilarious. I remember taking the water hose and trying to make a makeshift. Oh, yeah. Everybody did that. Uh water slide yeah put it down the twirly slide at school or something right that's pretty yeah. sweet it's gonna be a water slide at my party this weekend yeah yeah oh which reminds me I need to pay for that you should probably pay for that i should probably pay for that you should pay for that hey Danon. hey what pay for that <laughs> oh yeah you're right so who was the master of dodgeball in your group of friends Hmm. A kid by the name of Luke. I'm not going to tell you his last name. But he was like one of those kids that was probably a little too old to be in the grade with you. Like, I think he had a mustache in sixth grade. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, he wrecked everybody. Man. 
And he was the kid that would obviously throw at the head. Yeah. And be really good at hitting you there. He uh, he he had to leave early. He had to leave school early on Fridays because uh, he had his kid on the weekends. Exactly. It was like one of those kids. And I was a good Dodger. Couldn't throw very well. You're a good Dodger. Yep. Were you the last guy that everybody's trying to hit, and you're like deacon in the background? A lot of times, yeah. You ride the line on the back and just. Yeah, that was, moving. See, moving. that was me. Everybody like aimed, I, I was a big kid, and everybody aimed for me, but I was also like, you know, slippery, slippery, <laughs> sneaky. I, I, was, I was good at like not getting hit. So, who was your kid that always kicked also, your butt? Also, I was, I, was, I was a great catcher. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I was a good catcher as well. So that was my. So you're not going to hit me if you're going to hit me. I'm going to. I'm keeping that ball. Yeah. So I was normally one of the last ones out too because of yeah. that though. But man, I love playing dodgeball. I know it's not the same anymore. When was the last time you actually played dodgeball? I actually played dodgeball last year. Like mm-hmm. one of the, because um, we were at a family reunion at Genesis, whatever, and uh, we had we rented out a one of their athletic courts, and you know, everybody's playing ba- uh, baseball. But we we actually set up uh, an actually pro kind of dodgeball game where you had to like run from the line and grab the ball. And, Right. All that stuff. So I actually play that, but it's not the same because you know when we were kids, we used the rubber balls, and those fuckers flew. Right. You were they were accurate as all hell. Now they use these styrofoam balls, and like they barely move anywhere, and they curve and stuff, and it's no fun. Wait, they use styrofoam balls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use foam balls now. They don't they don't allow those rubber balls to be used anymore. Hmm. That's bullshit. That's what I said. You can't even throw that. I know. That was the issue. Like, it would curve. Like, you'd have somebody dead to rights, and then freaking curve. Hmm. It's a bummer. See, they have dodgeball at all the uh, trampoline places. Yeah, I know, but they use those, the the sponge balls, Not too. all of them. Oh, really? At P3 in Flint, uh, they have a couple of rubber balls. Oh, mm. nice. Yeah. I don't think they've figured it out yet. Okay. Or maybe they're just that smart. Get the good stuff. Or once upon a time, it was a couple years ago now, there was like a dodgeball, like a pickup dodgeball league in Flint. Yeah, there was. At nights, they just go play in an alley and play dodgeball. In an alley. You know what we should do? We should have a charity dodgeball tournament. We should. Ooh. That would be perfect. The Vlix Podcast Charity Dodgeball Tournament? Yeah. (laughs) It'll help us build our go-to-pult. Right. Exactly. (gasps) So, I have a weird game. So, everybody has weird games they played as a kid. I know we're way off subject here, but this will be our last time before we actually get back to what we're going to talk about. But uh, we had a game called Butts we're, Up. We're actually that's still, what he thinks. We're, at, we're on topic. We're talking about dodgeball. And, and oh, that's things. right. So, anyways, there was a game that we used to play at lunch at Holy Rosary called Butts Up. Hmm. And it took place in front of a brick wall and a little rubber ball. And there was a bunch of people. And you threw the rubber ball, and it would bounce off the wall, and then you'd catch it one-handed, and whoever caught it one-handed gets a point. The problem is, if you went to catch it one-handed and you missed, and it hit your hand, you had to go butts up. <laughs> so what that meant was you had to go to the wall and stand there while a kid threw the ball at your ass. <laughs> that was butts up. We spent all, <laughs> I don't know who came up with it. Right. That was something we played all the time. It really helped my 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 eye hand eye coordination. Right, because you catch that ball. Because you catch that ball and you get points. Whoever gets you know the most points after lunch recess wins. 
So, you know, you got to go after the ball to get the points, but you also get your butt pegged if you miss. So. Right. It's it's more who loses rather than who wins. It's more who loses. But, yeah. You get the most points, which means you probably got hit the least. Right. Butts up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to 7-up, which they always played when we were stuck indoors, and that game is stupid. Well, I loved 7-up. In, in high school. Uh-oh. Ken's got a high school game. My friend Kyle and I used to play quarter hockey. Okay. Which is not like penny hockey. What's the difference? For those of you who have played penny hockey before. Quarter hockey is like full size, like actual people playing game. There's two people. All right. We used to play this in the lobby of my high school. Because there were five alcoves on this side where the windows were. And there were five alcoves uh, on this side facing a brick wall. Uh, and so the center alcove on each side was the goal. Okay. And you were defending the goal. And we put a quarter down on the floor, took our shoes off. And basically tried to play air hockey with a quarter on the floor. <laughs> you just and like try to bounce it off the wall. You were trying to bounce it off the walls and trying to get it into the other person's uh, oh. goal. And we kept score. Nice. Uh-huh. The games that you make when you're bored. Right. You guys remember playing pencils? Because that was yeah, that was, oh, that was that, yeah, that, that, yeah. I forgot about pencils. See, pencils? who's got the strongest pencil in the school? <laughs> yeah, and you'd break that. You try to break their pencil in half, but then you had the people that take the racer out and flatten it so it's a sharp end. Right. Yeah, pencils. We had a game quarters. We were so wasteful. Where you would spin a quarter on a table and try and stop it with your finger so it was edge up. Right. right. And if you stopped it, you're safe. If you missed. You had to put your knuckles down on the oh, table, and the other person the... would take their thumb and whip it at you as hard as they could Into and your try knuckles. and split the skin on your fingers. We used to play that at lunch in high yeah. school. Yeah, you just do that until one of you was bleeding too much to keep going. It was basically just one of those like bravado games where I yeah, was... Yeah, where you like passively, aggressively try to injure each other. Right, right. right. Or just be it's terrible just the... at that game. We just play the game, man. It's and okay. play it anyway so you could prove how cool you were which is what I did because I was not very good at that game. And I played with a guy who that's all he did is he sat at his desk and spun a quarter and stopped it and spun a quarter and stopped it. I know. I think I know this guy. I think I know the guy. (laughs) I know that guy. I do. I do. I might've played the game with this guy too. It's a rigged deal. Yeah. He was, he was going to win and you just had to be like tough enough to not give up. And that was the only, the only time I played that game. And you'd always go home with bloody knuckles. Because not only was he good at stopping it, he could get that thing fucking moving. Oh, my God. I'd get a chance. Like, I'd finally stop one, and he'd miss, and you'd miss, miss completely. You'd miss completely. Just fire it into the wall. It was so sad. It yep. was so angry. And then he'd, of course, draw blood on the next one. Yeah, I remember that. That, was that game was his dad's, like, life goal was to dominate that game. And, of course, he made his son do it. Right. Maybe. Possible. I so, know. Like, I'm pretty sure I know the kid. The kid hated his life because all he did was go home every night, and he had to do hmm? all he had to do was practice that for four hours a night. Yeah, we'll talk afterwards. Okay. Right, because we're not supposed to say people's names. Right. Jonathan, do you have any weird kid games? I mean, besides attack the raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, not anything that was out of the ordinary. Uh, what are my favorite i i loved field day did you like the parachute game i did i I never got a parachute game on field day who 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 doesn't like parachute game i never had a field day i got my kids a mini parachute i loved the parachute that was the best we actually when it was windy not too long ago or like a couple of crazy windy days um i tied the handles together so we pulled it together like a parachute and it almost took hadley off her feet 
Nice. It was great. <laughs> well, you used to play kickball, tug of war. Tug of war. Yep. Parachute, kickball, tug of war. And they used, usually did some stupid little nothing games. Hmm. But I didn't actually get a field day. You know what my field day was? Going outside and helping set up the Holy Rosary Super Festival. <laughs> that was my field day. <laughs> Here we go, labor. kids. Fun time. Yep. Yay. Slavery. Put up a tent. Make sure you bring your parents back later with money. Yeah, this carney's not creepy. You're in charge of these kids. Well, all right. You know what? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. All... That's what all I right. like about this job. <laughs> the kids keep getting younger, and I stay the same age. Right. Or something like that. No, no. I keep getting older, and the kids stay the same age. They got really weird there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of what it was like. It was weird. Like, they put the carnies in charge. Right. It was creepy, and then you have all these grade school kids working with these creepy people. Small hands smell like cabbage. I don't know if they smell like cabbage, <laughs> but they had some pretty creepy hands. Why do their hands smell like cabbage? It was from Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. I'm from Austin Powers. Jesus. Sorry, I got you. Kevin. That's that's a that's a little that's that's a little known fourth Austin Powers film. Austin Powers, Jesus. <laughs> So anyways, I bet Mike Myers would make it. Yeah, I, I don't think I think he's done now. Well, no, I I heard that there was going to be another Austin Powers because he had to redeem himself after the Love Guru. I think he just called it quits after that. I was going to say that was a long. No, he's time been in ago. stuff since then. What has he been in? He's he was in uh, the was, Cat in the Hat. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't see it. Okay. What? I haven't seen it yet. I Get out! It. I have it at home. Get out! I have it at home. Mute him. I haven't watched it. I had to watch Chernobyl to do this show. Ah. Oh. You guys put on the list oh. that we're going to talk about Chernobyl. I have to watch Chernobyl. That means Bohemian Rhapsody sits unopened on my counter. Business before pleasure, Ken. Business before pleasure. It's never been my experience. Anyways, do you guys think uh, uh, they should outlaw dodgeball nowadays? No. No. They should just pick better teams. And don't make the weird kids play. Like, if you're not going to want to play dodgeball, don't play dodgeball. Don't play. Don't make them play. Yeah, just don't so make it mandatory. So after the love crew, he was also in Inglorious uh, Bastards. Was he in Inglorious really? Bastards? Yep. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. You're going to make me want to watch Inglorious Bastards again, which is okay, actually. No, that's a good one. Yeah, I really wish it played out that way. Right. Right. What, so, was, what was your question you just asked before I said that, though? About what? Oh, dodgeball. Do you think dodgeball oh, should be played? The actual question I was getting ready to propose myself. Should dodgeball be banned? Yeah. No. Uh, Danon and Ken both said no, but Danon had a caveat saying that if kids don't want to play it, you shouldn't force them to. And I agree with that. Right. John. Or really, at the time, those kids who didn't want to play, you just get hit immediately. Take the first ball that comes at you. Go out. Nobody picks you if somebody catches a ball. And you just sit on the outside and it's boring. Well, that's what they do. Right. I mean, it's annoying, but it's not dehumanizing. It's just a dumb game. Jonathan, if you don't like dodgeball. What do you think about dodgeball? Should it be banned? I don't think it should be banned. I think no. it should be weaponized. It should have dodgeball cannons and start firing them at each other. I like American Gladiators? Everything should be like American Gladiators. I agree with that statement. <laughs> Everything should be like American Gladiators. Like you want to catch the bus downtown? You're going to have to go through like an obstacle course. Everybody would be in such great Somebody's shape. Firing, everybody's firing tennis balls at you. Right? right? <laughs> Just an all How do you get that skyline. job? Who's that guy? <laughs> tennis ball firer? Yeah, the, the well, tennis ball firer. 
Right. It's like jury duty. It's actually the same thing. Like, you get to fire the tennis balls, and you have to go to jury duty. So it kind of balances. Yeah. I'd do that. Like, I'm like, yes, I got jury duty. I go to jury duty anyway, but, you know. I mean, I I do, too. I get dismissed, but still. This would be a bonus. Right. But you'd try harder to to make it onto the thing, because as long as you're on the the jury, you get to be the tennis ball firing people. For however long. For however long. You're like, oh, God, I hope it's a murder trial. (laughs) It's going out every day. It's awesome. You know, you know what else is awesome? What? The fact that I know what I'm getting you for your birthday next month. Ooh. You know what you're getting me? I know what a I'm getting you. Dodgeball. That's incorrect. In oh. the face. <laughs> I, that's more correct. That's what I expect from him. A dodgeball to the schnoz. <laughs> Happy birthday, motherfucker. Ball. Bam. Schnoz balls smell like schnoz balls. <laughs> Nope, I'm going to get P a fake see-through t-shirt. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me the one that looks like hey, a woman. Do they have I, fake I'm see-through say, pants? I'm going to say I'm getting it with the tits. So these people don't know, but they, they've come out with shirts that look like you have a different body. They look like they're white shirts that got wet, and they show you with, like, pecs and and a six-pack and all this stuff. Right. So it's the subtle version women. of the fake body t-shirts? Yes, yes, it's the subtle version of the fake body t-shirts. They exist now. But what if it's you put a woman, fake fake woman body on a dude and verse visa? It looks weird. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Look, like, what would, like, the chick like, with the dude body underneath look like? It'd be weird. Weird, and everyone would ignore her, but the guy would suddenly find out what it's like to have everyone staring at your chest. Right. Yeah. Oh, we should do it. It should be mandatory. Right. Like, every eighth grader has to wear it for a day. Yeah, no. whenever you have to go to, like, no. the HR no. and no. talk to them about your behavior, you got to wear that shirt around the office for a couple of weeks. Yep, you have to wear that shirt hey, on the office. Up here. I'm up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling like, you, man. Sorry, you, Garrett. Your tits are nice. <laughs> you'd learn a lesson, man. I got weird fats. Hey, we're solving world problems here. That's what mm-hmm. we do on this podcast is we solve world problems. We don't solve anything. Hey, we learned how to feed polar bears. We solve world problems. We solve world problems problems we don't know how to say it but we solve it (laughs) the only one who doesn't solve world problems is ken no creates them yep and i'm okay with that technically we're all creators of world problems Eh, we just try to minimize it not me ken doesn't doesn't solve or create problems. Wait, that assumes all the butterfly effects are bad. Yeah, what about good? Butterfly? You know, I tried to solve a lot of world problems, and no one wanted to listen to me, even though my even though my solutions were sound. So I just gave up and started creating them because it's more fun and it's easier. A lot easier. Done. Do you think it's easier to be evil? Yes. Yeah. Well, it depends. It's harder to be evil for an extended period of time. Yeah, because eventually you're going to get caught by the goody two shoes right but that doesn't really pay off anymore there's no payoff in being a good guy anymore well and that's why it's easier to be evil is there really a good guy or is everybody just a degree of evil even the evil guy thinks he's the good guy yes the gi joe effect cobra (laughs) exactly (laughs) i am inevitable cobra commander thought he was doing good no, he didn't. He's Cobra Commander. He knew he was a shithead. Look at the symbol he's took. 
thought it was because he's uh, from the snake a people. snake? Yeah. Snakes are imperatively bad. They're venomous. That doesn't make not them bad. Snakes. Well, not all snakes. I mean, cobras are. But, but cobras are. Not all. He No, but they're scary. So he chose a symbol that initiates fear. Yeah, I noticed the symbol isn't one of the nice cobras. No, it's one of those evil cobras with the fangs out. Right. It's an evil fangy cobra. Well, there's some evil Joes in the world. Mm-hmm. Sure. Joe the plumber. Yeah. Yeah, that guy is crazy. Joe well, Stalin. But... <laughs> Joe the Joe Stalin. You missed the episode where they were ethnically cleansing uh, Kosovo. Who, Cobra? No, the Joes. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a Cobra base. They thought everybody was bad. Wiped them all out. Whole city. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. With drones now. Yeah, with drones. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had drones then because it was all advanced. They right. shot lasers. A ship gets hit in the Gulf and they blame Cobra for it. Right. Out of the blue. Oh, why hasn't the Onion done that yet? <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. Dear the Onion, you're missing out. You, need, the, you need the Cobra this attack. Right. So what are we going to talk about when we come back from break? Um, when we come back from break, he has no idea, <laughs> right? He, he totally. We're going to talk uh, about like the best thing we've ever talked about. Are we going to talk about movies? You guys got to come back and check it out. <laughs> well, it's we a had... secret. Well, we had two things left on the list. We were going to talk about. We were going to talk about. We were going to talk about movies, right? We had movies. Yep. And it's the twenty-five best movie intros ever. I'm I'm down for that. And then we also so we're supposed to talk about China's harvesting organs, which we briefly talked about with like two sentences uh, before. But let's bail on that. Do the movies. It. Movies so, are more fun. Movies are more fun. So, we had a lighthearted podcast. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about us commenting on current events. We know nothing. We have no credibility. Right. So, anyways, if you go to China, you're gonna get your organs taken. So when we come back, though, top twenty-five movies. Uh, 25 movie intros, actually. Now back to something really important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back, fuckers. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, all right, all right. That's our third time saying that this episode, I believe. Well, it's a classic line. It makes me want to go watch that movie now. Speaking of movies, our list today is the top 25 best movie intros of all. Time. You know, we'll be the judge. You know what movie's not going to be on there? What? The man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Is that a movie? Yes. No, it's not. It is, and you all need to watch it. Okay. Well, then we need to watch it. Stars the great Sam Elliott. Maybe that's the man be who our killed Bigfoot. I was going to say that the man who like killed a, Hitler and then the Bigfoot. I think that should be our our first flicks flick. Yeah, might have to be. Yeah, I'm down for that because Sam Elliott. Do you you have it? It's like a new. Yeah, I, I can get it. It's a new movie. All right, oh, well, it's a new movie. Yeah, it's a new movie. Maybe we'll do that soon. Ah. Soon. Dun, dun, dun. Like 2017, 2018, new movie. Oh. All right, so this list is comprised of 25 movie titles. <clears throat> All right, we're going to we're gonna judge whether it deserves to be on the list or not. Is this a countdown list or just a random list? It is a countdown list. Okay. We're starting with number 25. No, All, right. Wait, wait. All right. Is these intros like the song or just like the opening sequence? The overall or? opening sequence to the film itself. Yeah, okay. kind of like Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Okay. Oh. For film. <coughs> like no. I'm thinking um, I'm thinking like like the opening sequence to like Conan where like okay. the guy's the voiceover and then they run in, they slaughter the village, you know, that kind right. of thing. So wait, wait, wait. So let's say in a Bond movie, there's always the cold open, then there's the like 
title, title sequence, sequence, right? And then the movie starts. So is this like cold open and title sequence or just the title sequence? It cold. depends on how it opens. It's I'm thinking cold yeah. open, like the first thing you see, the first shot of the movie. Okay. So I, in the bond, in the bond, I'm assuming it's title. It's uh, cold open. Cold open, yeah. Something. Okay. The first thing you see that gets you pulls you in. Okay. Yeah. I just want to so, judge this properly. Okay. So to give you a good example, when me and Pete were talking about this, it was actually from two weeks ago. Um, Pete said that Forrest Gump was a bad one. But then, but then we actually we thought wa- about we it. We watched it, and we were. I was like, "This is actually really fascinating because it's about the feather, and how it's traveling through the city and everything, and it's going through." And you, the title sequences are coming up during that time period and stuff like that. And it lands on a lady's shoulder or a person's shoulder, and they walk away, and then it floats over a car, and then it goes underneath something else. And the next thing you know is it lands at his feet, and he picks it up and puts it in his briefcase. And the movie starts. That's what we're talking about. You okay. know, that's very artsy, but it's also, you know, kind of a neat way to begin a movie. Right. Which I'm sure that movie is going to be on this list. It is. Okay. Like Indiana Jones. Okay, so let's just start that's the list. Good. Let's start the list. All right, so number 25, Reserve Dogs. Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. dogs. <laughs> or reserve dogs. Reserve dogs. I don't actually remember the opening sequence to the. They're res- not the main dogs. dogs. They're the reserve uh, dogs. I think that's where they are. I think they just open to their fleeing the scene of the robbery, right? And people are already hurt and moving, and <coughs> it's pretty hectic. If I they're making the rest of the movie. They're actually part. leaving a restaurant. Uh, then I don't remember. I don't remember it. <laughs> no, and didn't. then they're walking past the truck very slowly. Hmm. It was like a money shot of just them walking together. Yeah. Oh. It, it shows each one of them. The poster, Mr. Pink, Mr. Right. Other colors. Mr. White. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. All right. Well, I don't know. So let's move on. We'll say it was We're good. We're not good at this already. Because it was a good movie. Yeah. Number 24, Ice Age. Oh, the Squirrel Chasing the Nut? Squirrel Chasing the Nut, yep. yeah. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. I mean, they I made, like, shorts out of that. They just kept doing that over and over yeah. again. Well, that's because it, it worked. Uh, number 23, The Green Mile. Ooh, I never saw it. You never saw that movie? Great movie. Oh, that's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah, fantastic film. But I don't remember the opening of it. Is it, is it something they sell? Uh, no, they're chasing through the bog. Oh, when they catch him in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty powerful. I mean, it's okay. And then, yeah, and then he's sitting there. It's okay. With a girl in his arms, yeah. I don't know if it's the top 25 openings, but it's okay. Uh, number 22, Full Metal Jacket. Mm. Don't remember the beginning. I don't of remember movie. the opening to that. That's also a good movie. But what's the opening? It is people getting their heads shaved. Oh, yeah. I don't think no, that's... Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I don't think that's like a classic opening. Well, it's become a kind of a army trope. Was that it, the first one that did that? I don't know if that's the first one. I doubt it, but I just don't think it belongs on this list to be you know a good opening. I just think it's a good movie, but I don't think. I would it's a like good to opening. think that if we'd all seen the movie, we would at least remember what the beginning was. If right. it was going to be on, this and we've list. seen this movie, but I don't think that was iconic. The better head shaving scene is in Police Academy. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably where that came from. Maybe. Police Academy. Maybe. Uh, number 21 is The Matrix. That was, well, does that open where he's still like a normal guy yeah. on the phone call? 
or well, the actual opening that they're showing here is actually it's where they're showing um it's about a minute of the code going through and showing different things you can uh-huh. see symbolisms in the code mm. and then it's trinity uh busting out of that room with all oh the that's right and we get our first instance of the 360 camera okay oh. yeah that's a good opening the first movie was pretty good and pretty fun the le- the second two not so good but that was a pretty good opening. That probably deserves to be on this list, yes. I would agree. Definitely should be on the list. Uh, number 20, a movie we just talked about moments ago, Inglorious Bastards. Hmm. This opening is where there are people coming down a dirt road towards a house. Oh. And he's hiding people, I believe. Right? Oh, yeah. And they have that whole conversation. The, the, and yeah, the, the Jew hunter. Yeah. That uh, was, yeah, that was good. That pulls you in immediately. Particular because of the acting. Well, yeah, and that's that more or less set the tone for Christoph Waltz in general. It really did. The iconic part of that scene is where he pulls out his pipe. And it's just this ridiculously ornate pipe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see that. That's a, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, that's a good movie anyways. It's just well done. Yep. Uh, number 19 is The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Which the opening is where they go through the, all the history of the rings and what they were for and the purpose oh. and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know about that. Right? That's all... Uh, what's the word for exposition? Yeah, I don't know if that's the I greatest. Mean, and, and then they're showing the battle when Sauron dies. Well, I mean, I guess it's nice to see that stuff, but I don't think it counts as the best opening. It's like the best pre-summary. It's well, <laughs> the voiceover was really good, though, because you got the woman's voice. You right. know, the ring was lost. Right. So I can see how the, I can see how they would think this goes on the list. Right. But it's not terrible opening. It's no, 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 no. Opening. But just, uh, you know, it's not even I mean, an it's opening. It's not even in the, the top movie. ten. It's in the top twenty. Yeah, it's definitely not top ten worthy. No, I would I would not say that it is. Uh, number eighteen is Finding Nemo. So this one, we're just swimming through the ocean, and then it's where his mom dies. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I didn't no. think... I mean, uh, again, these are all good movies, but I don't think that's an iconic beginning. No. But it's sad. His mom dies. It's the first, like, it's two a minutes. Disney movie. Somebody it was a, dies uh, in every one of them. But it was the one of the first yeah, the times... the mom always has to die. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I thought it was right. right. So, then Bambi's on the list? It might be. Wait, no, no, that's not... Well, that, didn't happen, that didn't that happen, happen in the, the beginning. Opening. That happened at right. the end. No, it happened in the middle of the movie. Was it the middle? Yeah, well, towards the beginning, but it wasn't the beginning. Okay, right. Number 17, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Andy. The uh, court case. Andy Dufresne. See, no, I mean, that's not, again, that's not an iconic opening. Mm. Again, the movie's excellent. Right, the ending way overshadows the beginning of that movie. Yeah, the the beginning of that movie is not so great. It's just it, it basically jumps into the story, but there's no real hook. There's nothing artsy about it. You know, there's no real hook to it. The movie's excellent. I think they're just picking really good movies. I think they were just trying to well to lay like, oh, did he do it? Did he not do it? Yeah, that, it doesn't so matter. That, that's the hook that you get with this movie is that you he says he's innocent, but what they show and stuff doesn't show he's innocent until near the end of the movie. Yeah, but that's not why you watched that movie. Yeah, that was like a third subplot. Nobody cared. Yeah. 
They were in prison. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with that opening meme oh. on this. Yeah. Uh, number 16 is the Scream movie? Um, Which is where she's on bad. the phone. Yeah. Okay, okay. That was good. That, that was a good, good start. It sets the tone. It's much like um, the opening to Nightmare on Elm Street, where he's right. chasing her through a dream. You don't know it's a dream yet. He's just chasing her, and then she wakes up. I'm pretty sure. I think that's the opening to the first one, if I remember correctly. Maybe. I just remember where he does that with Johnny Depp. Well, everybody's asleep when it happens anyway. Right, right. But in the beginning, she's being haunted, I think, by this, and right. then wakes up and goes to school or something. I don't know. Next. Number 15. Forrest Gump. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. This is probably one of my favorites. It was. I think it's probably on the list just because of it being one of the first <coughs> CGI feathers or whatever. You know, like, ooh, right. this thing we did. It wasn't right. in and of itself not a great opening, but it was... It was also not germane to the movie. Right. Right. It was just artsy and kind of well done. Yeah. Well, I thought it symbolized his simpleness. Well, I think it symbolizes his, his um, travels. Long he just kind of be journey through life. Yeah, he just kind of be pushed by the wind. He doesn't really have a set path. Right. You know, he's just going where the wind blows him. And I think when you think of it that way, it's it makes it a little better. It's very s- symbolic of himself. Yes. Uh, number fourteen, Goodfellas. You know what? I don't remember this one at all. Can't say that I do either. Well, I know it's it Joe, Joe Pesci with the baseball bat, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's just the, as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a good fella. You know, the whole voiceover beginning. Oh. It's probably one of those, like, clip show beginnings of this is the area that we live in and growing up. And Oh, that's not that great. Hmm. Number 13, Toy Story. Okay. It kind of sets the emotional tone for everything. That's where all the toys are just learning and talking to each other and stuff. Right. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think it deserves to be on the list. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be 23 other movies. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, number 12, Pulp Fiction. Does anybody remember the beginning of the Restaurant story? robbery. It's oh, the, the restaurant, restaurant robbery. robbery. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Where they, she goes, they go crazy, and then it launches into Dick Dale jamming on a guitar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm good with that. It catches you. It I mean, does that's catchy. catch you. Yeah. Number mm. eleven, The Incredibles. I think this one deserves to be on the list for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. A lot of cartoons. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of cartoons. Yeah. Well, they do a good job opening. Yeah, right. They. I guess so. Gotta work pretty hard to set the tone. Right. Number 10, Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. What is the Every beginning? Star Wars movie starts exactly the same. <laughs> right. With the big ship coming in? No, with the title sequence, like, oh. disappearing off. Oh, you mean the words? Yeah, that's how that, every single movie starts. I don't starts. think that's what this counts. I think this is about the first opening scene. Is, is this when That on... is the opening scene. No, 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 Because then you'd have to include all the Star Wars. I think they're talking about the action after that. You mean so like I think the entire uh, Battle of Hoth? Yeah, Hoth. Yeah. Not the entire Battle of Hoth. I think just Hoth. Well, where do you draw the line then? I don't know. I, I <clears throat> very much enjoy the Battle of Hoth and that whole thing. I think for technical reasons, that can't be on this list. I agree. Yeah, see, I, from my standpoint, the opening scene of Star Wars, every Star Wars movie, is the scroll until it disappears and then the movie starts. Right. right. That's so, the opening so scene. So maybe the opening scene is supposed to like before it, so it shows the title of the movie. 
Maybe they just really like the phrasing of the intro in that one. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. It was the most not, not 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 as good as uh, something 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 dark side, but right. <laughs> Something where Dark Seth MacFarlane goes on about talking about being on Zoloft or something. <laughs> it was hilarious. All right, what's next? Or are you looking up Hoth? I was looking up to see what the actual opening was, and that's where they launch the probe down to the planet, and it starts flying around. And you see the what the somebody's writing the Tauntaun. Tauntaun. I mean that's I mean that's good, but I think Ken might be right here, Ken and Danan. Where it's just the words probably should have counted as the opening scene to that. Probably. Uh, number nine is Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. I can't remember any of these openings. Oh, that's scenes. where they're still at the dig site, and he's talking yeah, he's, about dinosaurs. he's digging amber out of the, oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Finds a mosquito in amber in the, in the and mine. And it shows the, it shows the mosquito real close up in the right. amber. And he pretends like he's going to impale a kid. Scares the kid. Uh, oh, I mean, no, that's, that's not the that's not, that's the, not the beginning. The opening no. scene is the it's workers. The, it's the, the lawyer. Raptors. Yeah, it's the lawyer. Mm-hmm. The opening scene is the lawyer. No, I thought the opening the, scene was the lawyer going to find that one guy. No, they're no, feeding. it's the workers finding the amber. No, it's not. I'm watching I thought it was right the miners now. finding the amber, and that's where they mentioned Dr. Grant, and then they switched to the, the raptor thing where Dr. Grant is well, supervising. Well, Jonathan's the looking at it. So, Jonathan, what is it? It's when they're feeding the raptor. They open with feeding the raptor. Oh, oh like no, lowering was, the goat down. Was it? Was it the? No, that, I thought that was a T Rex. Later, that's um, later. No, it looked like the raptor that was just. There. It's not the. It's not the T Rex. No, yeah, it's where they're the lowering the goat. The, the, the goat, the, the and then the bushes shake. Yeah, and you don't. You don't see the raptor. Okay. Yeah. Well, you see his okay. eyeball for okay. a second. Oh, right. Right. That's that's okay. <clears throat> and okay. then you see the lawyer. And then you, and then and then it go and then it goes to the dig site. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's just too much going on in that movie, I think, for it to be a good opening sequence. <coughs> All right, what's next? Uh, the Godfather. Which I've never watched these movies, so I can't say if they're good or bad. I don't remember. Again, uh, isn't a it good like movie. open in Sicily? Or is that one of the other flashbacks or later or something? Three. Yeah, right. Four. Yeah. I yeah, know. no, I. Yeah, that's the trouble. They keep picking iconic movies that have way better scenes. Other scenes. Yeah. yeah, the scenes, are, the opening sequences are not that memorable. I don't think. Uh, number seven is Jaws. Jaws, I agreed, needs to be on this list yeah, for their opening sequence. I'll give you that one. That's the one that came to my mind. One of them that came to my mind when you even told me about this list was Jaws. Yep. Number six, The Lion King. Okay. It yeah. Was, okay. Yep. Okay. I think that one definitely. Should I'm be on board with that one. Or an actual flat panel animation too, not. CGI. Yeah. So, yeah. Number five is just says Star Wars. I, again, I mean, you got to disagree with that. On well, unless we're saying the invention Episode of the Star four. Wars, like, well, the whole title sequence fading yeah. into the distance. Yeah. As a thing, like, it gets me excited every time. Or are they talking about Star Wars? Star Wars. They're talking about the first created Star Wars Episode yeah. Four. Okay. So again, that could be on this list because that's the first time they use the scrolling text. Yeah. Right. And I would say it, it still counts as a good one. I mean, they open with episode four for no reason. Like, A New Hope, there's things going on. they got this whole title sequence. It's a different shape than everything. So Setting it wasn't known as episode four at first. Right. No, I don't. So. Well, I mean, it, it said it was episode four on the, on the sequence. No, on the original one, it didn't. The one that played in the theater didn't it's, say oh. episode four. It just said A New Hope? A New it Hope. Just, it it oh. just said Star Wars. No, it said A New Hope. I'm pretty sure. It says Star Wars, and then it disappears, and then the scroll shows up. And I'm almost positive it says A New Hope. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right, wait, wait, wait. I don't know. I, I, the old, it's like Shazam. <laughs> the, the one it, I remember is episode four. Yeah, if you, unless you unless you own the original Star Wars, you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to find it because I swear I feel like they've scrubbed every digital copy in, in existence out of existence. So yeah, basically so you have could, to have a VHS. So, so, yeah, Wars. so they could drop in the, new, the, the 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 redone one that Lucas made with uh, Anakin Skywalker being Hayden Christensen. The bullshit one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the re-releases. Which suck. Because I remember how it used to be. Yeah. All right, what's next? What's next? Uh, what number four is a Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. The Batman movie. With the Joker. Which was the bank robbery Oh, the scene. bank robbery, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, Everybody like in the one. masks? Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah. Yes. I definitely like, say Who that. are you supposed to kill? Right. No, I'm right. supposed to kill the bus driver. What bus driver? <laughs> That was a really good opening scene. Yeah, it was. Also, William Fickner was kind of great right there in that whole, that, that little, like, three minutes of on-screen time he had where he's the bank manager. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. I also say that the third movie <coughs> had a great opening with Bane. I just dislike the character of Bane, but, okay. Number right, three. So wait, top three. Yeah, top we're three, top three. Are we going to take top any three. guesses? You want to do guesses? I'm My, not doing any guesses. Indiana Jones, got to be up there. Goldeneye. Which one? The... Goldeneye? That cold open? The whole sequence found, like, climbing through the things and he jumps off the, okay. the end of the plane and everything? All right, that's pretty good. It is a great opening scene. I agree with you. Casino Royale. Which I, one? I really don't like that movie. <laughs> the Daniel Craig one. Okay. <laughs> that's my least favorite Bond film. Casino? Yes. The big I'm, parkour scene? I'm not a big fan of Daniel Craig. I think he's too much of a battering ram as a Bond. Anyways, we can talk about that some other time. Number three, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, oh, yeah. That's such so a good funny. opening scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dog. See, and that's an iconic movie that has all kinds of great scenes and wonderful things that everybody remembers. And the beginning is one of the most important. Right. Like, it has nothing to do with the plot, but it's just, it really sets everything. And everyone has tried to recreate that so many times because it was such a great opening sequence. It really was. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Saving Private Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that one's just D-Day, right? That's just D-Day. But it's how they did it. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal and brilliant. Yeah. And, like, guys just getting off the boat and drowning. Yeah, like, that happened. How ridiculous is that? I mean, you know you're running into these machine gun nests and everything's going to be hard, but because dumb luck, like, you just drowned there? Like, how pointless and stupid is that? It's sad. That's war. I know. In like, the whole thing is, like, in the first eight seconds of that, you just drowned. Yep. By the way, Star Wars original opening crawl in 1977 starts with a long, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars logo. Nothing about what episode it is. It's a period of civil war is what it starts with. Oh, does not even not, say New oh. Hope. Does it not say New Hope? Does not even say awesome. an episode number at all. Interesting. It is interesting. I like it. Because it was originally supposed to be the actual first movie by itself. Uh-huh. Then they got changed after the fact. Way to retro it, jerks. Yep. Oh. And the number one movie opening 
best movie intro of all time. Mm. Is a cartoon. <laughs> okay. It better be a good cartoon. And if you say Transformers, I'm going to throw something at you. It's not Transformers. Okay, good. Although that opening is pretty good. Oh my god. Cartoon. What? What? How recent? Um, within within the last ten years. So it's at Disney. Because everybody else has pretty much stopped making cartoons. So it's at Disney, and it's not Red and Stimpy. What is it? <laughs> it is the movie Up. Uh, yes. Which is... Yes. A very good movie. I will intro. agree with that. That is a... a I think it is the, number one. Is it one. the best? With no words? I don't words, think it's the best. They made you cry in the first minute of a movie? You went through an entire lifespan. Yeah, that's it. true. That's true. Yeah. I'm still not sure it deserves number one, but it deserves to be in the top five. What would be your number one? Well, Indiana Jones would be my number one. Mm. Yeah. Which Can is not a bad a pick. Name choice for number one? Yeah, I agree with Pete. Indiana Jones. I mean, that was... Raiders of the Lost Ark, man. That was big stuff. That movie's fantastic. It's one of the best movies ever done. Yeah. It, I'm waiting. I'm excited for five. Really? Yeah. Because even after four? No, I think I think because of four. Oh, you, you think they're going to redeem themselves? I think they're yeah they're going to go out of their way. Harrison Ford is not going to let this go down as a failure. I hope so. If he dies trying. Why does everybody hate number four? Because it was dumb. I will tell you why. It was fine. Well, number one, there's no Nazis to punch. So, right so there, communist. strike against you. Wait, but there were Nazis, like, in South America. Why weren't there any Nazis? There were Nazis to punch. There was no Nazis to punch in that Why, movie. Wait, so... It's the only movie where Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones does not punch a Nazi. I feel like he should have, like, when they were in South America, should have come across Adolf Eichmann and just should have punched him just yes. for the hell of it. Yeah, that would have made, made the movie amazing. amazing. Much better. Yeah, but the... the no, I'm sorry. Okay, the, the, fence, real, the, the real fencing place. scene with Shia LaBeouf yes, the and real, Kate Blanchett. That was it. Kate Blanchett talking during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, the real part where it went off the rails. The motorcycle in the library. Yep, is the vine part. Where he's and the swinging vine, on yep. the vines with the, the monkeys. Vine. That's when I was it's like, George, game George, over. George of the I'm Jungle? Out. Yeah, come on. Come on. No. That's the, so stupid. Yeah, basically everything Shia LaBeouf did in that movie. I mean, his character would have been great. Yeah, absolutely. But they did some. But I didn't stuff. like. The, I, I didn't like the motorcycle. I didn't like the um, the vines. I didn't like the fencing. I was actually okay with the motorcycle. I was okay with it because they threw some humor into that. They could. They could have done without sliding through the library. But that's where the funny part came in, where he's like, "Mr. Jones, your question for number yeah, five. Yeah, exactly. Like that's you hilarious. just slid through the fucking library, and the kids just like calm as can be. This is 1950. Come on. Well, that's why it's funny, Ken. You no, know, it's funny because he rever- because Jones reversed himself with his original statement from the first movie. Right. That's why. But I was okay with the motorcycle. The vines, I was done. Done. And the fact that George freaking Lucas had to put aliens in it again. <clears throat> I'm actually fine with the alien part. You're fine with the alien I don't, part? The, the alien part doesn't bother me. And the story itself is... There, there's a lot of quality parts to the story itself, right? But some of the yeah, some some of the aspects of the, they're just ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. the vines are what lost me. I was kind of on board up until that point. That whole sequence of the chase through the jungle was yeah off the rails stupid. Yeah. And this from a guy who liked number three 
where there was a crazy chase through the desert. And that was fun. I love Last Crusade. That was a whole good movie. I know it was. Number two, Literally Matt. nothing about that movie I don't like. Because of that movie and uh, our D&D game, we came across the tomb, and I made sure I made a rubbing of the shield of the dead guy that was on it. Yeah, because it's awesome. Yeah, it had runes on it, and we figured it out later. Nice. <clears throat> so number one was up. It deserves to be in the top five. My favorite is Indiana Jones. Danian, you got a favorite opening sequence? Or are you cool with up? I'm... I guess they're all for different reasons. So Indiana Jones, up, and then I'm still pulling for Goldeneye to be like in top five just because it's my favorite Bond one. And then that's just what Bond does is cold open sequence. Like, you know, like just sets the mood. So there should have been one Bond film on that list there was i can agree with you with a that. bunch that did not even belong on there and there wasn't a single bond movie it's ridiculous jonathan you got one if it's transformers i'm gonna throw some of that well i'm just gonna say that now because you said that yeah i know but but what's your what's your favorite opening sequence walter Mitty. actually the opening sequence for that movie isn't that great no, it's actually no, it's the not. ice the scene that puts that pulls the entire movie together <clears throat> is the skateboarding scene right I mean, if it wasn't for the skateboarding scene and the overall theme of the movie itself, that movie would fall apart. So what's your favorite opening scene? Hmm. Kill Bill was good. It kept popping in my head, but I honestly can't remember the opening sequence. But I feel like it had so many good set pieces in that movie. Yeah. I'm surprised Titanic wasn't on the list somewhere. Because that's a legitimately shitty movie, Ken. Well, I, I no, but as far as like <laughs> bad person for opening sequences, I'm not. I'm not saying I would have voted for it to be on there. I'm just surprised it's not on there. Well, they did kind oh, of just right. put good movies on there, hoping there would be a good opening sequence. Because a lot of right. these movies were really good with no good opening sequence. Well, this is a ranker list, so this is public. Oh, I know it's public. Right. But I think at that point, people are just voting for their favorite movies. Yeah. I mean, they got the new Beauty and the Beast at 31. What? Yeah. Yeah, see, that's... Sometimes the public doesn't know. The new Beauty and the Beast is basically the same as the original Beauty and the Beast. It's just live action. Yeah. Right. A little bit more graphic detail and a little bit more sense-making uh, in the curse talk. But so the first... On this list, the first Bond movie is at number 49, Goldfinger. No. Goldfinger? Yep. Goldfinger? No. No, no. See, these no, people no, don't no, know no. what they're talking about. A boot. That's ridiculous. Maybe we should come up with our own list of best opening sequences. I mean, the the, the opening the opening scene from City Slickers was better than that. Uh, yeah, yeah. What well, Running into the Bulls, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's a good opening sequence to yeah. a movie. The guy gets gored in the butt. Who doesn't love that? Golden Eye is fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Give that a, a bump. Bump that one up. I did seven. They made a video game about that opening. Come on. I think I think we need to come <clears> up with our own list, guys. I think we need to come up with our list of the ten best openings. We're gonna round robin it off. No, we're just gonna come up. With, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll make each make. A also, list. how did one? How did the Harry Potter movies not make it on there? Because the Harry Potter openings weren't that great. Name 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 a good opening from Harry Potter movies. Deathly Hallows Part Two. Okay, what happened during the opening of that? See, I don't even remember it. Yeah, never do I. 
I'd have to right. watch it. That's how iconic it is, Ken. <laughs> and I've seen that movie because they have the Harry Potter channel going 24-7 <laughs> on the weekends. So you can watch all the movies whenever you want. And I don't even remember that opening. Got to keep those residuals coming in. You got to. So, anyways, I'm gonna go on the record right now. So I was, I am okay with Indiana Jones four. I liked it. Yeah, but you got questionable taste anyway. Wow. As, as, as purely as a piece of wow. entertainment, the movie is fantastic. But you have that one for free. Man, <laughs> I thought we were turning a new stone. Which is why I think five. I think they're gonna redeem it with five. Yeah. What about the, what about the like the the Gone with sixty seconds opening? That was a pretty good one, too. I know, right? Mm, don't remember. Car chase. Mm. Anyways, so yeah, let's let's make up let, let's come up with a, our list of the ten best opening sequences because obviously the public doesn't know, and you can include the ones ones that they already mentioned if you like the opening sequence. Like I'm still putting Indiana Jones on there, right? And then Up can be on there too. Whatever. Saving mm. Private Ryan probably has to be up there. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Vlix podcast. Tune in next week where we're going to have a list of our favorite 10 best opening sequences for movies, and they will make more sense, we promise. Right. No, we're just going to pick our favorite movies. Yeah, we're not really going to do this, guys. Nobody's going to actually do intros to movies. We'll have something way worse for that anyway. So, <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed listening, and keep it real, guys. Peace. Peace.